The Slice of Gaming crew is currently on a five-star run from the cops, but we'll still bring you a new episode of the podcast for November 10th, 2023. I'm your host, Moonlight150, and I'd like to thank you for giving a slice of your time to tune into a Slice of Gaming podcast. Be sure to check us out on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Pocket Cast, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Rest in Peace, and Audible. And also be sure to follow us on Twitter at A Slice of Gaming. Uh, we got a lot of big news today, or this week, not just today too. Uh, so we got a lot to go over, so we're going to get right into it, but let's get to our lineup of criminals. On the run for vehicular manslaughter, it's Bench. Whoa, whoa, well, what are these accusations that I'm getting thrown at me? I can assure everyone that it is not true. I took a video. Hoarding his spoils of larceny, it's Wolf. GTA 6. And just a little arson here and there, it's Fusion. Mass Effect. And Mayor made off stolen tank from the military base, it's Dark. How's it going, guys? Uh, so as they all alluded, we got GTA, we got Mass Effect, we got Zelda live action. There's a lot to go over this week, so buckle in. It's probably going to be a long episode. I know we usually say it's a short episode and it turns out very long, but no, this time we're saying it's a long episode. So we're just going to get right over onto Wolf. Hopefully the opposite yeah, happens of and it turns into a very short one. It won't. None of these uh, news stories matter, by the way. GTA 6 has been announced, everybody. Uh, yeah, so Rockstar Games, my beloved, posted on Twitter. Uh, next month marks the 25th anniversary of Rockstar Games. Thanks to the incredible support of our players worldwide, we had the opportunity to create games we are truly passionate about. Without you, none of this would be possible, and we are so grateful to all of you for sharing this journey with us. In 1998, Rockstar Games was founded on the idea that video games could come to be an essential any other form of entertainment and we hope that you have created games that you love and efforts to be part of that evolution uh i've reread this last tweet about 500 times i know it by heart we are very excited to early december we will release the first trailer for the next grand theft auto we look forward to many more years of sharing these experiences with all of you thank you sam the fucker we're back baby gta 6 i am here for it i am somehow hosting a podcast with the three other people who have never played gta GTA 5. We're the GTA 5 boys. Hey, We're that's the GTA me. gang. That's played for it. Hey, don't okay, count out yeah. dark. You played for it. Or played it. I have it. I've I'm started it like it three it times. Either way, either way, me and Fusion, we're the fans. Okay, we're going to sit yeah, down. True. Fusion. We're gatekeeping. <laughs> yeah, we're gatekeeping. Where All were right, you? Next three hours, GTA... maybe just GTA talk. <laughs> Where were you when GTA 6 was announced, Fusion? I was actually laying on my couch, doing nothing. I don't know what I was doing. Oh no! <laughs> really entertaining, I guess. And then really, you got uh, that really notification story there. Yeah, really. I was hoping, I was hoping for something uh, mind blowing. Okay, I'll tell you. It's like I was actually on the toilet. <laughs> actually, now I need to look. Like, when did the tweet go out? Uh, it was five a.m. I was out cold. Yeah, it was, it was... seven a.m. I was asleep. Oh no, I, I was working. I guess. I guess I forgot when it was announced. Oh my god! I was thinking of the Jason tweet the night before. That's what I was that thinking. Doesn't of. count. I, I, I guess. Okay, we can talk about that real quick. So the big thing was um, Jason Schreier leaked this yesterday, very much stating, like, G they were uh, planning Wasn't on announcing it, it as early. Well, oh yeah, two days ago. Technically, okay. like three days now was Jason, and then the next day was two days ago for the actual tweet. Yeah, yeah. So, so what happened was Jason put out the Bloomberg story about GTA 6 could be revealed this week, and then trailer for December, and then very much we got that Rockstar tweet the very next morning. I I immediately saw some discussion about this, this fusion. I'm like, do you think that this like announcement came from the Jason Schreier article or was this always planned this way? 
No, it was probably always planned this way. I don't think even Jason has enough, like, like no Rockstar doesn't care. Like they were going to stick to their plan no matter what. They they even if it was completely leaked, they would they would never move it up. It's Rockstar. They're doing it how they want to do it. So no, I doubt any like anyone had any stay on when this was going out. It was always going to go out when it did. Yeah, and the big thing is uh, the Take Two financial report was that Wednesday when they announced it or Tuesday. I forget. Um, I should I should have that day memorized by now. But yeah, <laughs> with the, how happy the greatest day in your life right there. Yeah, really. <laughs> but um, it, it was like the same day, and they uh, they actually announced uh, this is another topic. Uh, GTA Five has now sold nearly 190 million copies, up almost five million plus from the last quarter. Uh, that kind of tells you GTA Six is very much expected to be the biggest game of all time, uh, biggest game in years. They straight up the the Twitter announcement in GTA 6, like the, the trailer for the first uh, Grand Theft the first trailer for the next Grand Theft Auto is December. That um, has 1.5 million likes and 166.5 million views. That's how massive this game is, how much people were anticipating it. And I, I don't know, like I look at like the amount of numbers, like I, I, there are rumors the idea that this game's going to have a $1 billion budget. Do you believe this? Yeah, probably. Just because of inflation, yeah. I assume also with the marketing budget included, that would uh, yeah. definitely catapult it to that billion-dollar budget. I mean, the thing is, it's going to make more than a billion. Like, Not <laughs> even like... counting marketing, I think it could have that big of a budget. I think that they're like, I mean, this is going to be their next 10 or 15 year game. They're putting all their eggs in this basket for sure. Uh, don't say 10 I, or 15 years. <laughs> but my, my biggest like thing I want to know is what's going to happen to GTA Online? Are they going to spin that off into its, it's own thing? Or, or are they? Or do you think that they're going to completely remake a GTA Online and that'll be like a live service thing going forward? Because no, I think... I, so here's my assumption. So Rockstar is a very archaic company. <laughs> so I think it's just going to be as simple as GTA 6 comes out and it's a new GTA Online with like new features, all that. And it's like, oh, well, what about my progress from the last GTA Online? And they're just going to say, too bad. I, I, I don't like, I go think back, Rockstar... play GTA 5. <laughs> exactly. They're very much archaic in that way to make like a full-on reset in that I mean, regard. It also makes sense because it's been 10 years already. So I will oh, yeah. say... they. They kind of got it. That that could be a big hit or a big miss because if they mess it up, then people are just going to go back to GTA Online on GTA Five. We believe the new thing. Yeah, here's my here's my uh, rebuttal. This is Rockstar. They have never made a bad video game. Yeah, I just I have Listen, full faith. You say that, but I hear a lot of people think Red Dead Two's bad. Th those uh, people are stupid. I thought you were going to say bully, maybe. When, uh, if you said bully, I would have actually, <laughs> like, no joke, I would have driven over. I and, do uh, want to point out. Go ahead, Beck. I want to point out that in the tweet itself, they they didn't say GTA 6. They said the I next one. Yeah. So there's so a possibility I, it's not called GTA 6. So maybe they take one for the real title. So that's the interesting thing. So the big rumor right now, I'll ask you guys immediately. The big rumor right now is that it's Vice City. I think it's pretty clear at this point. They're going to Vice City, right? Because it makes sense. GTA 4 brought back Liberty City from 3. 5 brought back Los Santos from uh, San Andreas. Now it's 6. It makes sense to go back to Vice City. Well, was it the rumor? The V and I in 6 just make Vice for yeah, the it's title. It's too perfect. It's too oh, perfect. You it, can't pass yeah, that up. Wasn't the rumor, though, that they're going to like bring 
a lot of cities over time and it kind of be a longer thing. Like, that, it was only one, start... yeah. that was one rumor. So that was like, I think that was a Schreier rumor. I could see that. I think, though, right now they want to stick to Vice City. I could see a situation where they bring back the map from uh, GTA 5 and they update it to the 6 engine and, like, make it, like, kind of, like, they spruce it up to make it look like that. From there, I wouldn't know. Maybe they go back to Liberty City from 4, expand that quite a bit, but, like, you're going back, like, 2008. Like, that's going to be tough to, like, actually, like, remaster. So at that point, they probably have to remake it a brand new Liberty City. That's so much. There's so much to talk about. Like, I, 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 it's GTA Six, guys. Come on. Not GTA Six. The next Grand Theft Auto. The next Grand Theft Auto. I, I, I think the title will be GTA like Six, but it's gonna be like GTA Vi Vice. I don't think they're gonna do Vice City, mostly because I don't want that because I hate reboot titles. <laughs> but well, I just me, want hear them. me this. Yeah. Wait, you. What if it's just called Grand Theft Auto and is treated as a long-standing live service project? That is the stupidest thing in the world. This will be full of Call of Duty as just a platform. I I hate that. That is the worst idea ever. They should not do that. (laughs) That However, it could... It's something that's possible. It's possible. Do you want to... Here's the thing. You say, like, oh, it could work. Yeah, of course. Anything they do will work. It's Grand Theft Auto. It's too big of an IP for them to screw up anything as long as the game is good. And guess what? Like, I, I look at that track record hey this game will probably be good and i know people are gonna get on me like oh well you said that about starfield and you didn't like that game well here's the difference is that i is that fallout 4 as much as i like that actually like widely beloved <laughs> and it's same with fallout 76 hey, that was hey, hated. Hey, hey. no okay, no so i like it. <laughs> yeah yeah but that's the thing though it's like you look at rockstar Please tell me, show me where the bad game is. (laughs) Like, I actually, like, show me where the bad game is. They have never made a bad game, at least from GTA 3 onwards. Maybe if you go back, like, oh, Grand Theft Auto 2 is that good. But, like, whatever. Like, GTA 3, Vice City, San Andreas, Bully 4, Red Dead Redemption, hell, Max Payne 3, GTA 5. Like, literally, all these games are, like, greatest games of all time contenders. They just don't make a bad game. And there's people doubting, like, oh, well, I don't think GTA 6 is going to be that good. This game is gonna come out like I saw Michael Huber say this. This is this game's gonna come out and make 2023 games, which you know one of the best years in gaming. It's gonna make this year of games look outdated. That's just how it's gonna be. They keep pushing the envelope because they have the money to push the envelope. I have full faith that Rockstar is gonna fucking nail it. Uh, Fish, I do actually want to ask you one specific question. Uh, if you know, uh, if you remember back in 2020, Sam Hauser, one of the Hauser brothers, or not Sam, sorry, uh, Dan Hauser. Uh, Dan Hauser left uh, Rockstar in 2020, uh, and he was kind of like the head writer of pretty much every single Rockstar game. Do you think that could affect the writing of this game whatsoever, like both in, in either a negative or a positive fashion? A little bit. I remember at the time, there was a time in my life where I was a Rockstar hater. Not a hater, but like... Wait, what? Ex- not a hater, it was just like, I've been so upset with how Rockstar has treated their IPs lately, and like... Oh, that's fair, yeah. Just, just how they've been doing business, and GTA Online, and just all the microtransactions, and I remember that when Dan Hauser left, yeah. I was like, low-key happy, which is really much... Oh, okay, <laughs> no. No, no, I was like, 
not happy happy as in the fact that Rockstar was finally getting hit with something that's going to hurt because I think Dan Hauser was really good at his job and I think I don't oh, think yeah. there's a world where this doesn't have an effect on the game. I'm not saying the game will probably still be phenomenal. I'm, he's not the only writer there that was doing the work, but like he was very important to all of the Rockstar properties. So it will be interesting to see if if there is a difference. It'll be in, interesting to see if you can pinpoint those differences to his writing compared to like what we have now. Dan Hauser has a very like cynical take with his writing. He's very like kind of aggressive, kind of poking fun at like with GTA pokes fun very heavily at like American culture, uh, capitalism, all that in ways that like makes me fall in love with his writing. He's very cynical on the modern world. And I, I, I think my viewpoint is I think Dan Hauser had a team trained up. He has writers that he trusts full heartedly that before he left Rockstar, he wanted basically said, like, you guys are the new like ones. You, you guys can handle this. I think in that regard, I, I hopefully, like, I do agree. I think there will be an impact. This is going to be the first Rockstar game without Sam Hauser, which, or not Sam, sorry, Dan. I always get their names confused. Uh, without Dan Hauser, which is pretty, like, interesting to see, like, what that affects. Sam Hauser was very much more of the producer, kind of like the one, like, handling the timetables, what gets done and whatnot. Uh, but with Dan, you know, that's a much more direct influence on the development of the game itself. So I think in that regard, what I see, my viewpoint is I think most of the basic script is done before he left. I think he very much had a, a vision and ideas about like what he wanted to do with this story. He wanted it to go. And when he left, pretty much everyone else kind of just like built upon those ideas, eventually leading to what the finished script would be. So th that's kind of my viewpoint. Dan created his own studio, right? Yeah, it's Isn't that what Absurd <laughs> I have a question. Or something. I forget what it's called. I, I forget. I need to look it up. I have a What's question about, from GT, about GTA. I never hear like that a GTA story is like monumental. I hear like kind oh, of the. It is. So like, they're good stories. They're amazing phenomenal stories. stories. <laughs> Some of the Rock best stars, stories. Rockstar's up there with. If not the best writing in video games, a hundred percent. Okay. I mean, like, like, that's why people play these games. Other than like, GTA is goofy, and you can do whatever you want, and obviously people love that. But like, the stories of GTA's and Red Dead's, like, oh no one's God, like, I'm yeah. going to play these Rockstar games for the gameplay. Like, gameplay is okay. Like, yeah, they're no. always like, <laughs> I want a very narrative-rich world, and Rockstar is like, that's what they do. It's just, it's just how they, the and the writing is very. It's very good, but it's also very unique. So it's like it's what yeah. puts them on that top of the pedestal where you can look at them and you can see it's a Rockstar game, and it's just you you have to experience it with it's playing GTA or just things like it's it's very good. Like I said, it's a very cynical, like it's a very parody focused world, but like it's not parody in the way that like a lot of people would think like a scary movie parody, but it very much takes like a lot of like American culture and really pokes fun at a lot of the absurdism. Like there's a Fox News parody called weasel news which i think is just fucking genius <laughs> um like facebook in that universe is life invader stuff like that where you know small subtle jabs and then eventually like really culminating to an overall strong narrative with some of my favorite protagonists in gaming like michael DeSanta, franklin i forget his name or his last name franklin and then trevor phillips like that trio of protagonists and i do believe there's a lot of rumors about the idea of like kind of this being a bonnie and clyde story uh with the two protagonists one female one male i very much believe that rumor at the very least like we saw the leaked gameplay there is a female and a male protagonist i where that goes from there 
I'm, I don't know, man. It's, there's so much I could talk about. I think the one thing I really want to close this out on is when this game comes out, and more so when the trailer comes out, because Fusion, you keep saying you think Game Awards has it. I let me hear that explanation. I think it has it. I, think, because, I, I agree. You know, oh my I'm God, not going to the conspiracy, but we saw. I just think it makes sense. I understand Rockstar doesn't need the Game Awards. Like, it's, obviously, they can do their own thing. They can tweet at any given day and have a 1.5 million like tweet, yeah. 100 million views. But I think Rockstar also knows what's good for the gaming space and what's just like a cool night. And they're not a better night in gaming every year than TGA. Like, it is the E3 now. Like, it's when everyone, their eyes on, it's when everyone's celebrating. And also, the conspiracy wise, there's the, I understand Jeff just always tweets out, Jeff Keighley just always tweets out, but the fact that he puts the Game Awards in 30 days, right after Rockstar tweets about the video game, like it just it, the fact that they say early December and then he tweets that out, there, there's no con to Jeff Keighley having that. There's not a well, single I, con to Jeff Keighley having There that. is. I'll tell you what the con is. Everything in that show is going to be overshadowed. Nobody will talk about any of the other games that gets revealed at the Game Awards any of the awards themselves, it will just be GTA 6. And the more dangerous thing is if GTA 6 has to be first. If it's not like in the middle of the show or, God forbid, the end, every reveal, every trailer is just going to be like, where's GTA 6? Where's GTA 6? All that shit throughout the entire show. And it's going to, I feel like, really taint the award show as a whole. I think the more likely thing is that they do it just before the award show. The worst case scenario is if Rockstar doesn't release the trailer by Game Awards, people think Jeff has it. And then at that point, it's like, oh, Jeff's like, oh, we don't have GTA 6. That's going to cost a lot of money. Yeah, Jeff, like, I, Jeff's going to have to like, come out clean. And he would like, come no, out. Yeah. Don't have he's it. he's been doing that in recent, even like in his recent shows, even the Summer Games Plus, he's been doing it where he's like, yeah, we don't have this game. Like he said, mm-hmm. we didn't have Elden Ring DLC. I'm pretty sure he said that somewhere. Like he was just like, we, I don't, because so many people put so like the high expectations on these shows that like Jeff has finally started to be like, Hey, like we don't have this. Like I would love if we could have this. Yeah, but this we don't. And GTA is big enough where like if he physically didn't have it, like he would say, Okay, guys, we don't have GTA. Like yeah, if he doesn't yeah, have yeah, it yeah. by now, he's going to start talking to Rockstar like, Can I have it? And then by like, <laughs> next please? week, can I please have it? Uh but if he doesn't get it like within the next week or so, we're probably he's probably gonna put out a tweet saying, Yeah, we don't have it. Because he's going to want to temper those sure. expectations. I'm pretty sure um, he doesn't have it. The way that Rockstar just... operates, they never really work with anyone when it comes to it. They always do their own thing. And it kind of defeats the purpose of saying, oh, yeah, it's going to be the first week of December, instead of just saying, oh, yeah, it's going to be in the Game Awards. It's too big. I think GTA 6 is just too big to be at something like TGA's. Would I want it? Kind of. But, like, also, Maybe. again, it's just... No, no, because here's my viewpoint. I love Keely. I love the award shows. I Hades 2 was too big, and it was there. Hades this is karma for Hades 2 is minuscule compared to Grand Theft Auto. Guys, why super sit with me, look at me straight in the eyes and say Hades 2 is bigger than Grand Theft Auto. It is to me. <laughs> this is karma no. for Keely dancing on E3's grave when it got announced that it's getting canceled. Well, maybe E3 should just get better. I don't know. Honestly, I'm with that, honestly. <laughs> I, I don't know. I just can't but, imagine. But your whole happened. thing with like just the repercussions, or they're not gonna want the um like you know every trailer's like where's GTA, where's GTA? It's like Keely and like every producer on that doesn't care about that. They only care that your eyeballs are watching the show. And if you leave yeah. angry, 
just because GTA wasn't there, they don't care. They got your viewership. They got your ad revenue out of you. So people can be pissed on Twitter. They can be pissed in the chat. They don't care. So as long as Jeff does at least the kind thing of saying out front, hey, yeah, we don't have it, then it's all good. I mean, yeah, I, yeah, I, I, say. but if they do it's have the, it, they're going to put it at the very end, obviously. No, it has no, to I be think a start. No, because you know why? I think it's, the it's, end it's exactly what's going to happen. What happened with uh, Sephiroth when he was revealed at the TGAs? Tr viewership of the TJs dropped by like three fourths after the Sephiroth trailer. They don't want that Damn again with GTA. Are. So there, if GTA is like at the beginning or somewhere near like the first half, you're gonna lose like most of your viewers after the trailer. So no, they're gonna put that at the very end for people hoping that it's gonna be in the middle or something. That was also Elden Ring that one time where like everyone thought Keeley had Elden Ring, but no one knew for sure. And yeah, then like Elden Ring, and then fun. Elden Ring was last. Everyone waited that entire show yeah, to see Elden Ring, and it was at the very end. They're and gonna that, make you wait. If, they, if he if he comes out and do, if he doesn't say it, if he doesn't say anything, and there's a possibility that GTA may be at the Game Awards, it's gonna be at the end. I, I hang on. Okay, indulge with me in this dream. I th I thought, yeah, what correct. if Keely? <laughs> Uh, hang on, actually, let him cook. I uh, know. Uh, I'm thinking maybe what could happen at Game Awards. Keely's like, and introducing a very special guest, Sam Hauser. Sam Hauser comes up on stage and he's like, "Yo, what's up, Game Awards? You guys want to see GTA 6? They show the trailer and then they go like, "Okay, now we're gonna do the use the Game Awards Orchestra GTA melody, all the songs of each of the games. Tell me that wouldn't be the most hype fucking thing on planet Earth. Like, tell me right. I now. mean, you're <laughs> dreaming. Yeah, you're dreaming. I'm dreaming. Cool. I'm dreaming. They might like, do. They might do that <laughs> yeah. like next year when GTA 6 is out, but they're not doing it right now. <laughs> I mean, we're going to talk about that. When is this game coming out? Because the big year. thing... Holiday so 2025. Take to very much year 2024 to 2025. They're expecting like three times the profit revenue, but like an insane amount of profit revenue. Everyone knows the game that's going to hit that much. NBA 2K24, no, <laughs> GTA 6. <laughs> so, I mean, when in that like time frame? Like, what, like month like, well, what's the month do you guys have like a month prediction october 20 october november yeah october, november. late october in the, the activision court nonsense and we'll ever figure out which fucking thing it was in microsoft said it's coming out holiday next year yeah that's believable I, that is the plan i think what's gonna happen i could see in october but i think a big thing a lot of people forget rockstar delay their games you want to know when red dead redemption 2 is supposed to come out holiday 2017 <laughs> That that did not happen. It came out on holiday 2018. I think it's very possible that they have a date for, say, October 2024, and it gets delayed to, like, March 2025. I do still think it hits that financial year. Really hope it's 2024. <laughs> hear me out. Hear me out. Let me cook. It no, launches no. with the PS5 Pro. He's kind Rockstar of doesn't care about that. I mean, yeah, yeah they, they, right, this is Rockstar. <laughs> well, Sony could plan it around it. I say Sony usually does have the Rockstar like marketing. That, we'll see. that would be funny. It's just like <laughs> Sony's just like, yeah, and we're launching the PS5 Pro same day as GTA 6. And then Rockstar imagine... is like, we're not involved with that. And suddenly <laughs> Wolf has no money. Well, yeah, imagine no, the PS5 enough. Pro is really the only console that can run GTA 6 at 60 FPS. Go no, on, well, no, no. <laughs> I think... Is this game PC day one? That's the big question. I don't there's, no way. there's no way Rockstar is this dumb. Oh my god, you're going to buy it on PC, aren't you? 
I don't know where I'm going to buy it. I'm just saying for the masses. If you don't buy it on PS Plus. (laughs) I'm just saying for the masses, it makes no sense for Rockstar to be in this 2004 mindset anymore where they're like, our game's going to be on console for the first year. You you got to remember how Rockstar is. I like that mindset. No, I don't like that. Mindset and date for all consoles and PC. Here's the thing. You got to remember, Fusion, you're like, Oh, Rockstar's not in that mindset. They shouldn't be in that mindset. They are. <laughs> I know. I said, I guess Dead Redemption very much. Go ahead. I just think that's my point. I, I, I'm hoping they're not in that mindset. I'm hoping like someone finally realized like it's better for this massive multiplayer game to be day one on every console and every PC and everyone can just play together. Like that's how it should be. Especially if this game has to release for crossplay, the online portion. Do we okay? Do we think online comes out with the campaign, or is this a GTA Five situation mm. where the campaign comes out and then a month later they roll out the online? I well, think online's like six months later. Six months? No, <laughs> that is. Oh, Red Dead Redemption Two wasn't Red Dead pretty long? No, Red Dead was like the next like two months later. Uh, Red Dead Online. I, I think they're doing that one. again because that's probably better for them to. Keep it that is. hype cycle going. Like, here's your campaign. Everyone go enjoy that. And then it's like, okay, and then here's the multiplayer offering, you know, a month or two later. I hope that's how they do it. Because, like, the Rockstar campaigns just feel like like a GTA release is an event. Like, people take off work. Like, mm-hmm. it's an event yeah. in time in the gaming space because, like, the campaigns and everything are so good that, like, I really hope they make the online later so just everyone could be indulged in this, like, fully-fledged GTA campaign. But yeah. I guess we'll find out. It's a different world now. GTA Five Online is the biggest, was the biggest thing in the world. Like, there's there's that uh, a theory going on that GTA Six will be always online, and like you shift between online and offline at will. I pray to God that's not true. <laughs> like GTA Six, are they gonna like imagine like if you could have the campaign? October 2024, but had to wait three or four months for the online, would you? Yeah. Or would you just yeah, rather choice. have it all? I mean, yeah, no, not... or would you rather have I, it all I, day the... one in like March? Yeah, that's the other thing is you don't have a choice. If Rockstar does it, then you kind of have to. Yeah, I'd rather, well, I'd rather saying... have it first anyways. Sam. Okay. I think it's smart but, for them to like, if say, say if it's October is the timeline, I think it would be smart to try to get that online out online out right before black friday or at least by like christmas you know what i mean like that holiday time if they're going to go the route yeah, of like hey we're off. gonna yeah we're gonna release early october but the online and stuff will come out like december or like late november something like that so um, oh, make I... more? Go ahead. i was gonna say what did i make more but they're gonna be selling them shark cards or whatever the equivalent of those things are Dime. i remember <laughs> that's gonna be an event <laughs> So but, yeah, maybe they'll do it January. Everybody got the Christmas money. I I think what's gonna happen. My theory is October and then late November you get the online launch. I think I think around then. That I, I very much I very much believe Fusion that like that campaign is always an experience when it comes out. Everyone playing it at the same time. Everyone talking <laughs> about it when it happens. Like Red Dead Two. I remember like the amount of people who got to the ending. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Well, like GTA when they, the Five, GTA Five campaign is only like thirty hours, and Red Dead's like fifty or sixty. Like, what? Where's this campaign gonna be in that lengthwise? Uh, GTA you think it are, So, okay, okay. So here's the big thing: the campaigns, sure. You could say um, 
30 hours. I can check real quick, actually. I don't think it's 30 hours. I'm I checking thought it was right longer. now. I don't know. Nope, I just checked. I looked recently. Hours. Yeah. Yeah. So, about like GTA campaigns is that, yeah, they are like short. There is so much to do in that world that they're not really expecting you. Short. They aren't expecting you to like jump from mission to mission to mission. You to do a couple missions and then it's like, okay, I'm going to screw around, play golf, go like walk, uh, chop, do stuff like that, like just around the world. They aren't expecting you to go mission to mission. GTA 5 alone, just like playing that game by itself, I put like hundreds of hours in without online. So these are games that are kind of meant to be safer than like you long time, not just I finish it and I'm done. I mean, everyone um, likes big games now, so could they go more towards the Red Dead 2 lane? Do you think that's possible? That is tough. I do wonder. I, I'm actually interested, Fusion. What do you think? Because I, I don't know what Rockstar is thinking of how long they want this campaign to be. Um, I mean, it's been 10 years. Grand, they haven't been working on it for all 10 years, but yeah, I, could, I, I do not see a world where it's longer than Red Dead Redemption 2. Just because oh, no. Red Dead like. The Red Dead story is a slow burn. Like that's like that's sure. what it is. GTA is a little different, where they're like it's in your face, chaotic. Like mm-hmm. that chaotic mindset can only last so long. Like 50 hours of GTA, yeah, it sounds cool on paper, but it feels like it would get a lot more stale than a slow burn Red Dead game. Exactly. Could it be more than 30 hours? I assume. Like maybe maybe like I don't see it crossing the 40 hour mark, honestly, for like a just straight main story wise. I mean, yeah, GTA is not like an RPG in the sense where like 40 hours is normal for an RPG. Like GTA is like a over-the-shoulder third-person shooter <laughs> adventure game. Like it is pretty crazy that those games are as long as they are just through doing the campaign missions alone. And also, I decided to look it up. There is no shot in hell that this game is 60 FPS on consoles. Because <laughs> uh, GTA 5 that ran at 30 on PS3. It got the 60 FPS when I went to PS4, but still... 30 on PS3, um, GTA 4, that was 30 at launch, Red Dead Redemption 1, 30 at launch, uh, Red Dead Redemption 2, 30 at launch. Is this a, Th- fusion, is this a wait for PC if it's not day one, or for thir- for 60, or you just have to deal with 30? You'd have to deal um, with 30. I would probably, have, I would probably have to deal with 30. If, <laughs> yeah, like, depending on the wait, I would probably do 30. That's the big thing, is that like it depends on... Like, if it's a city, it's a Rockstar game. It's going to be a smooth thirty, <laughs> bro. If I play, Zinx made a good point. It depends if that PS5 Pro's out. So, yeah, that is the question. It, there's so many questions. Obviously, we're running long on this topic. I, I know. Is I just I love GTA, bro. I love it. One last. You just question. Kind of think though for a second the way you just pointed something out. Like, there's a possibility. There is a timeline out there, and we don't know if we're in it just yet. That next year of 2024, we have GTA 6 the PS5 Pro, the Nintendo Switch 2, all the big JRPGs of, like, Yakuza and Final Fantasy next year. What the fuck? <laughs> uh, yeah, well, 2024... Really 2024 is making... Like, y'all, 2023, this ain't my year. 2024, now that's my year, baby! <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> 2024 is looking like my year, too. <laughs> like, goddamn. That's about as much... Yeah, any other things on uh, GTA 5 or... Or just, Only I'm 40 so minutes saying, on GTA 5, on GTA 6. Look, okay, you don't under... This is my thing. This is my baby. Your Zelda? Okay, Zelda's your baby. This is my baby. <laughs> speaking of Do we Zelda. want to make that a suit? Yeah, speaking of Zelda. 
you don't see. Here's the problem with that you, you always say it's like, oh, do we use that as a transition? It loses the luster. <laughs> yeah, that ruins the transition when you talk about the transition. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Moving on. Transition. Speaking of speaking of transitions. <laughs> speaking of Zelda, the Zelda live action movie has been announced. Everybody, clap. Okay, moving it. This is like, <laughs> you know, it's live a... action Zelda movie has always been like the running joke of the internet for like so long. I didn't believe it at first, just because it was always that like weird running meme of like, oh yeah, live action Zelda. <laughs> it's like I don't know. It's it feels like this has been just a meme for like a decade well, or so now. Well, here's we got the, the more information here. that comes. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, we got the details here. Uh, this comes from Nintendo. One of the greatest starts to a tweet I have ever seen. This is Miyamoto working on he the said live that a couple action times film. Now. It's like it's a running joke. <laughs> it, 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 I just love the idea. It's like someone handing Miyamoto the phone. It's like, yeah, can you like write something okay gotcha <laughs> this is Miyamoto I have been working on the live action film of the Legend of Zelda for many years now with Avi Arad-san who has produced many mega hit films I'm not even telling us which of them they are but sure I have asked Avi-san to produce this film with me and we have now officially started the development of the film with Nintendo itself heavily involved in the production it will take time until its completion but I hope you look forward to seeing it uh, we also got some details. Uh, Benji Sales over ha- on Twitter had this. Live action The Legend of Zelda movie announced. Producers Shigeru Miyamoto and Avi Arad, directed by Wes Ball, the F- Maze Runner Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, co-funded by Nintendo and Sony Pictures, and worldwide distribution by Sony Pictures. This is immediately the wildest thing to me. Sony is producing and distributing The Legend of Zelda movie. <laughs> Yeah, but that's the thing you have to realize is Sony is one of the biggest movie distributors in the world. Oh yeah, their gaming department the, is dwarfed by their by their movie and television. Department. No, isn't the no, gaming no, division of Sony the most successful? Yeah, most, gaming is the most. But successful. like, I mean, just in terms of like broad of like what other things it does, like just Sony Pictures in general. Um, sure, but I mean, gaming I think for Sony is way more successful. If I remember correctly, I was was just saying they do a lot. They do a lot more. We we can argue about this all day, but like the big thing, uh, Dark, you are hating that, right? (laughs) I want to hear why. (laughs) I think I was. I think it's part of the same tweet. But the way that they they stated it, they said from the we had so much success from the Mario movie, so we're making a live action. (laughs) which is like the complete opposite of the Mario movie. Yeah, the animated Mario movie did well, so we're making a live-action Zelda movie. But then they mentioned the Zelda Zelda movies being done by by Sony. And I'm not sure if you've seen Sony's movies, but they're like the worst things that I've ever watched. So that's a different department. That's um, their animated department. Their live-action department is who's handling this. Okay, okay. This is your Xbox showing. No, no, like... They have Morbius. They have Venom. They have the guy who ruined. Whoa, 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 whoa! Toby What's this? Spider-Man Venom Three. They did the Equalizer Three. Just, like... I mean, that movie was okay, but like, you still look at some of these other movies. Like, what the fuck? Uh, real quick, I did uh, search it up. Their gaming department is the uh, most profitable, but um, <laughs> I don't know. So I look at these this news. And I just see a comedy. I am excited for this for a different reason than I think they were expecting. Because <laughs> I just think this is going to be a funny as hell movie. 
I'm excited for it. I actually think I'm, I just want to see the cool set pieces. Just like, I don't know. I'm excited for a cool live action Zelda movie. That's about it. I'm interested That's in seeing how they get to live action. It's going to look weird. Like at first. Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, so what's everyone's prediction on the story? Because obviously there's a lot of different stories within Zelda from each different game. Cause it's not one long narrative. It's a broken into many different stories, many different timelines, bullshit. So do they do an adaptation of one of the games or do they do something maybe slightly original that kind of just borrows pieces from each de- different de- yeah, different department of each uh, part of Zelda? It'll have to be I original think... because nope. Zelda, uh, not Zelda, um, because Link is uh, in the games, he's mute. And he's yeah, most I, likely I, not going to be mute that. this time around. He's going to be talking. Tom Holland! Tom Holland. I predict they follow the rough outline of ocarina of time i don't think it's one-to-one but That's i think terrible. the major story beats are no, gonna follow good. ocarina of time it would I... be more along the breath of the wild because that seems more like a movie plot at least from what i know of breath of the wild's plot that seems more like it could be a more movie like ocarina could easily be a movie plot yeah and it's not like i'm breath not the, the biggest ocarina really have... fan but i think it could easily fit into a movie he just dropped that on me okay well i need a cigarette uh <laughs> it's like the worst thing you want to mess with <laughs> I, I, feel like, movie the shit. I feel like you could just kind of just say like, "Ah, oh, like go collect the Triforce." Like there has, I That's heard some people saying, I heard some people saying maybe they could just adapt Zelda One, which is very much like he collects the Triforce, <laughs> saves the princess. Very generic plot, but at the end of the day, like most people just want to see like, oh, I wonder what Ganon is going to be cast as. <laughs> Who's going to play him? It is interesting to see them go the live action now because that obviously is telling me they're aiming for an older audience rather than the younger audience with an animated Mario movie. Yeah, that's usually so it'd be interesting to see like how more mature do they make this? It's gonna be be much more mature. But yeah, like like Zelda itself is more mature than Mario. But not by much. I mean when you when you compare it like what's going on (laughs) in the game. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. Uh, I agree with you there. It, it, Zelda's has always been kind of like Nintendo's quote-unquote mature franchise, kind of right there with Metroid. But like, the are, they're not exactly like they're not God of War. <laughs> okay, so like I, I I wonder does this 13 movie? Like, do they want to go that far? I Most doubt likely. it. I think they just want to go oh, no, I think they want to go PG-13. No, I think it's PG-13. Depends what okay. story they do. <laughs> Well, if you're doing like a more, if you're doing like a typical like Zelda one kind of story, that could be PG. If you're doing For like sure. Ocarina, Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom kind of story, that's more PG thirteen. You can probably do Breath of the Wild even worse. <laughs> yeah, Breath of the Wild, I don't think works because that's too free flowing as a story. That's not a very good story, and also it's just like you got to go to four corners of the. What are you woe-woeing? Don't tell me you like the plot of that game. <laughs> I think well the the way you and uh, the way the player like it's the plot is meh, but I think the story that it tells is cool and good. But that story won't work nah, being crazy. told in a movie. It w- no, it would never work as a movie. Absolutely not. It shouldn't. I don't think Breath of the Wild or Tears could work. I think if they're gonna, if if they were to adapt the game, I think they go Zelda 1. You know how weird it's gonna I mean, be with Link talking? <laughs> be like... We've had Link talk a couple times. It's not too bad. What about Link to the Past? They'd be talking throughout the entire movie. Link to the Past, I feel like that's too long. 
because that's like go to the seven <laughs> sages that's the thing with ocarina of time it's like that's long too it's like with with Zelda 1, 3, Triforce pieces. It's like, okay, that's manageable for, like, what I assume they're going to go for an hour and a half runtime. I mean, they, they might be able to pull something like similar. Trilogy. <laughs> What'd you say, man? I was just going to say, like, three pieces of uh, the Triforce. Imagine they do no, one movie that's a whole trilogy. <laughs> no. <laughs> you got might... a trilogy right there. <laughs> they might take uh, the formula oh from um, Wind Waker, where you had, like, uh object that talks and stuff and that like the story i feel like uh, the wind waker yeah, story like the, besides the water would work in a movie format with what think, i'm envisioning yeah. this movie might be like but i don't know i think i think link needs some type of companion if it was zelda. just Link kind of traveling around well no because zelda he has to save her i guess maybe maybe it's one of those stories where zelda's actually a part of it like what like Hopefully it's probably going to be an original story that follows maybe a loose connection to like what the breath of the wild did because they're gonna want to have that promotional link and zelda being co-leading stars they're gonna want to push that so yeah and that's the only one that's done that is breath of the wild and tears of the kingdom so maybe not be it won't be a direct adaptation but it'll probably follow a very similar line i think skyward sword could work as a story and the problem with Skyward Sword is that it's gonna, it's gonna remind people of how bad that game is. <laughs> I'm sorry. Hey, Whoa. wait, what? <laughs> I had, had to. <laughs> Moving I on. <laughs> I thought I told you guys I hate that game. That's actually fair. I've said it how I hate that game. Yeah. <laughs> I own. I just own three copies of it because I'm an idiot. Almost not, bought a fourth. Not enough copy, GTA. By the way. Not enough GTA. Right. That that was one. Okay, so that's. Something that was I didn't add it. Uh, Strauss Zelnick, my favorite, my favorite CEO from Take Two, says they are kind of cautious about doing adaptations of their games for like uh, movies and whatnot. The, the big thing is, as as a Rockstar fan, their games are movies, <laughs> so it's kind of like uh, it's kind of like weird derivative. Like oh, GTA the movie. It's like okay, it's it's, it's just a GTA game at that point. <laughs> so I don't know. I just thought that was kind of funny. Uh, moving on though. We gotta talk about Steam. With the Steam Ew. Deck, uh, this is a pretty interesting device. Okami Games had this uh, quick roundup of uh, all the things revealed in regards to this device over on Twitter. Valve officially announces the Steam Deck OLED 7.4 inch OLED screen with HDR, larger 50 WH battery, faster Wi-Fi 6E speeds, comes in 512 gigabytes and a new one terabyte uh, version, releasing November 16th. Steam Deck OLED pricing, the 512 GB OLED is $549, and the 1 terabyte OLED is $649. The non-OLED models has also seen a price drop as the 64 GB and 512 gigabyte models are being phased out. The entry model is now a 256 GB non-OLED, which that is at $399, Dusty. Very interesting, to see the, uh, say the least. I think OLED is... Overall, an upgrade. It is um, that price increase is interesting. Makes sense just for like OLED screens. They are very impressive. They add a lot to the experience. Uh, any of y'all like interested in picking this bad boy up? I am. So from everything they show, it's not having a price increase. By the way, they're just changing. So the same deck always had three, um, like three versions you can buy. The OLED is just replacing the middle option. Like the middle most expensive option. Oh yeah. There is nothing negative here, in my opinion. 
Um, they lowered the bezels, so the screen looks a little bit wider. And, you know, of course, the OLED screen's a lot better. And they lowered the prices and as they're getting rid of the stock on their old units, which is amazing. So they kind of get as many people to get their hands on one of these as possible. <laughs> it was interesting. Um, they actually reported over uh, The Verge. I didn't pick this up, but I just found this funny. Um, Valve says they have reportedly sold uh, many millions of Steam Decks Without giving an exact number, because, you know, they just, <laughs> they, I don't know. Like they, millions. Well, my, it is definitely a weird thing to say, but also they don't have to say because they're a private company, which is always yeah. very fascinating with Valve, because nobody knows how much money they make. And it's, it's everyone it's wants a lot. to know. Yeah, I'll everyone tell you. wants to know what, the, yeah. I'll tell they you make right a shit ton of money. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's it's probably on the same level as like a PlayStation, like the PlayStation division of Sony, in terms of how much money they make day to day, day and date. Because like you gotta remember, like they get thirty <laughs> percent of each video yeah. game sold. There is and there's a, a lot, lot of games on Steam. Yeah, so Valve is very much running away with a lot of profits, running that uh big old storefront over there. It is interesting too. Uh, so with this five, this um. What's it called? What was that? I think the OLED model. Like, do you think the OLED is a big enough upgrade to like want to jump in with this? Like, do you think it's worth like kind of selling your old Steam Deck, jumping in on this OLED, or do you think it's like, ah, I have the Steam Deck as is? It depends as someone, on the person. Yeah, as someone who had a Steam Deck and then sold it to my good friend Wolf here, as <laughs> it just didn't fit into my like my style of how I play games. It just well, it's a great piece of hardware, and I enjoyed what I used of it. It just never fit into my, just like the way I play games. So I, it just this isn't interesting to me. However, it looks like a very cool piece of hardware. That's for sure. I, it, my thing is, is like I, 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 I got the Steam Deck. I rarely use it because I just I realize I don't like handheld gaming. Like I just kind of accept it because. I don't know about you guys. Can you get into comfortable positions when you play handheld games? Because I think my body um, is just too big. No, that's why I when don't I'm... have a Steam Deck and I can't even use my Crime 3DS or any kind of handheld outside of my phone. It's because I just don't like handhelds anymore. It just doesn't yeah, feel I good. played the first two Trails games to full completion on the Steam Deck. Sky 1 and Sky 2. Sky 1 was like 45 hours and Sky 2 was like 70 and I pretty much played that entire both of those games in my bed, and while it was comfortable yeah. enough, it's not like and I ha I did play long play sessions. It's definitely like there's so so many ways I'd rather play those games, but yeah. just they were only on PC, so it's like I didn't have a I, choice. I, I am getting that Steam Deck uh, dock. Uh, a good friend is sending me that, and I am very excited for that because I think I'd actually use it a lot more if I could just plug it into the TV. I'm lit. I I I'm pretty much doing everything outside of actually just getting a PC because I just don't. I hate PC. Yeah, games. really weird, huh? Doesn't. I I heard you. I'm putting Shut, right, you betrayed me. <laughs> You're over here debating like maybe I should wait for GTA 6 to come on PC. Oh, I never man. said that. I never said no, that. Whatever. Handheld <laughs> gaming does suck though. Preach on that. Whoever plays handheld is weird. I played Sorry. handheld all the. That's what's so weird. I played handheld all the time as a kid. And I really think it's just my body is too big for it now because <laughs> my arms get so stiff. Our old age, we, if we're not comfy, we're screwed. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's the old age things. Like I tried, like even with the Switch, like there was a time where I was trying to uh, walk more 
and I just thought, okay, I'll just take my switch to distract myself while I'm walking. That shit hurt like my entire spine walking around with the switch. Yeah, I don't, I don't know how people like could do unless you're like stuck on a plane or like a long car ride. I don't know how anyone's just yeah. like in their house and they're like, oh, my TV's right here. Nah, I'll go play on my bed. On my That's hand, insane to me. Like your TV. Right there, get in. And it's always the inferior version. Like it's always just. Exactly. I, I don't get it. I, I don't understand. Anyways, moving on. Mass Effect, Perk Up Fusion. This is your time. Uh, new Mass Effect is original trilogy Andromeda, and maybe a new protagonist. This comes from Wesley LeBlanc over at Game Informer. Uh, Bioware, the developer behind EA's Dragon Age and Mass Effect franchises, has released Mass Effect game, and it teases a connection to the original trilogy and the Andromeda sequel, and maybe even a new protagonist. Since yesterday was November seventh, known as N Seventh Day, uh, this was of writing. Um, in the Mass Effect community, as a reference to the N7 System Alliance military, okay, you don't need a full rundown of the Mass Effect series. <laughs> a decoded message uh, following on the site now. Access code Epsilon accepted. Um, if you don't know, uh, Epsilon is the fifth letter of the Greek alphabet. Uh, secondary encryption detected. Um, bunch of words. And dress signal detected. That game really did cause a lot of distress when that came out. Year sent redacted. Audio transcript, although they should know by now, a human redacted. Um, there was also a lot of like uh, trailer teases that they kind of pieced together. And, you know, it, sh- it sh- showed a guy. That's it. Uh, I don't, I, I don't have much to girl. say about this. Huh? It could have been a girl. We don't know. It's a female. I thought it was a female. You're, you're, you're always thinking of women. No, it just looked like it. It just looked female, okay? It looked female. <laughs> I'm telling you, but I'm on to something. <laughs> um, I, is giving off female. As a big Mass Effect fan, this is kind of a nothing thing. I don't really get anything out of it, but you two, uh, Dark Oh, Confusion, like GTA. Know. Like GTA could jump up <laughs> seven years in the van. Okay, you have to understand, GTA is a real game. This is a because the trailers get point, greed. Yeah, more coming out within the next 12 months. We've seen more trailers for Mass Effect than GTA Fusion, 6. sit down with me. Fusion, sit down and tell me right fucking now that Mass Effect is coming out next year and GTA isn't. 2025, <laughs> I'm holding hope. Oh my god, it's not! Yeah, okay, okay. Fusion, Fusion. <laughs> so here's hope. the big thing right now. So Jeff Grubb, a uh, friend of the show, at least I hope friend of the show. Uh, he said on his podcast very much saying that this game is a far, far away. This, this is not... Uh, Dreadwolf is out, and from there, five years out, he's, he predicts 2029. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to be in 2029. I'll tell you guys right now. <laughs> Maybe not Wait, even... Hold on, I gotta do some quick math here. Yeah, I'll tell you, I'll be there. Whenever it comes, I'll be there day one. <laughs> I'll be there. Also, Bioware's still going to be there. I hate to be the doomer gloomer, but I mean, their last two games were misses. And if Dragon Age, EA could say, okay, you guys are more trouble than you're worth. I, I, I'm just saying. Dragon Age has to. You know my theory? I mean, how did, um, how did Mass Effect Legendary Edition do sales wise? Very well. It's, 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 it's really well. They were so very I guess so if, if, Dread, if the new Mass uh Dragon Age game fails, they'd be like, "Hey, look, Mass Effect has like it worked. <laughs> Let us do this." And then if then if then if that game fails, if Mass Effect whatever the fuck it is fails, then they'd be like, "Okay, yeah, we're done." <laughs> My yeah. thing, right? If you have any fear in your heart about Bioware, 
like Dragon Egg will sink you. Just can it for Mass Effect. Like, just leave it. Oh my just god! Away. <laughs> Bro, the last Dragon Age game was 2014. You Mass Effect fans are greedy. <laughs> the last Mass Effect was 2017. No, wait, what? Andromeda doesn't count. Andromeda counts. That's a Mass Effect game. It does count. You did not. Andromeda is the Starfield of Bethesda. <laughs> oh no, just... but the thing is, Starfield's a decent game, hey. like Andromeda is not. <laughs> no, we can argue that one. You can, it's, it's just like Fusion sitting here, just like, oh, the last Mass Effect was 2012, and just ignoring it. Was... <laughs> I don't know what you're wait, talking you... about. Okay, okay, here's my viewpoint Dragon Age, that needs, even if it's a good video game, Mass Effect is not going to come out like two years later. So right now I'm like, Dragon I'm not getting excited. Good. I think it'll be good. Here's the big thing though. This is not the same Bioware. If you remember, Better oh, Bioware. Usta Bioware. So it's now kind of like what? Did, what's this new team going to do? Are they good enough to be able to handle these massive IPs? All I know is the dude who tweets out about Mass Effect I'm behind him full force. Like he just brings the energy. He just brings the good. Like I think he was there back in the day. With Major Rex. I I forget his name, but he's probably really important. And all the Bioware fans are just like this idiot doesn't even know what he's talking about. But he's cool. That's all I know. Do you? Do you? So be sure to turn into a slice of gaming episode three hundred and thirty-eight when Mass Effect Five comes out. Damn no, you! No, no. You really did do the math. <laughs> Wait. Fusion, do you genuinely think it's gonna be like sooner than like Jeff thinks? I, re I really do. Maybe I'm delusional, but no, I, always, I was delusional. also called I was also called delusional when I said GTA was on the verge of announcing. So like, Fusion, I was with you. You got, you got one Fusion. thing off. It wasn't even perfect. Yeah, one thing. Uh, He's still saying that Silk Song is this Vince year. Was there too. Like one for two for the yeah. Fusion, I was with you. you I was were, with you, you for GTA. You should However, be with me for this. Mass Effect is 2029 or 2030, probably. Bro, I remember no. Bench Trap kept trying to get credit, like, yeah, we were right, Fusion kept saying we, and Fusion's just like, ah, man, for sure. There's no way this game, like, my thing is, if 2029, there's no way there's another, there's no way there's a new Fallout. Granted, I don't know, Fallout, the Fallout would the Fallout come out further than that, like, I'll tell you that right now. I'll just say, there's no way, like, I don't know. I just can't picture video games seven years from now. So I just don't. I'm like, who can, who knows what happened seven years from now? I'm just not believing it. I go like two, three years max in my brain. Anything after that isn't real. Mm -hmm. No, I agree. Yeah, so that's like, why this Mass Effect game isn't real. No, exactly. that's why I've seen enough to know it's real for the next two to three years. Oh my god. We've seen a trailer. I saw Liara. Yes. <laughs> Tell me right now that's in the engine. <laughs> Tell me right now that game is ready yeah, to be played you know. from beginning to end. Okay. So from from the trailer, right? They left the person ambiguous. Like we we don't know who they are. The reason why they did this is because the devs themselves don't know who the fuck this character is yet. Like this game is. I mean, where did they go from Mass Effect? Reason. There's another trailer. Get ready. Jesus Christ! It just really makes me wonder. Like, why did they do this? Like, why did they put out this teaser? Yeah, because. No, Bioware was they didn't need to do like this. Paid. Now every in seven day. So no, now it's every covered. now every in seven day, there's going to be an expectation of new Mass Effect news for the no, next what seven years. It's because for years, in seven day has had nothing. Like that's something Mass Effect. Like the in seven day has always been like 
just another day where they celebrate, but they never give the fans like anything new. And like for years, the fans have been upset by it. So it's like, at least I understand why people are like, they should not have released anything at all. But like, there's been fans for years who have wanted anything on N7 Day. So I think it's really cool for those fans who are like, finally, N7 Day means more than just a tweet from Bioware on Twitter. You know what I mean? Finally, we have something else. Like, it was it was a cool event where they did the teases, they had the countdowns. Like, at the end of the day, it was more for the fans and less of like, the mainstream media to pick up on Mass Effect. It just happened to be Mass Effect, so the mainstream media did pick up on it. You know what I mean? I'm just thinking of like okay. the poor stuff. Like this one image is going to satisfy you guys for the next year at least. Oh, for sure. I'm locked. Just in. like the poor Elder Scrolls fans who are still living <laughs> off that one teaser image for for Elder Scrolls Six. It'll probably come out around the same time. No. Oh, that's going to be a crazy year. Oh, wow. Mass it's Effect and Elder first. Scrolls in the same year. <laughs> No, I guess they're working on Elder Scrolls 6, we know that. Here's my thing. This game was revealed in 2020, and it's still going to be, like, until 2029 when it comes That's out. That's why I don't believe it's 2029. Like, we saw this game. It might be 2030. What did Engine swap? <laughs> I'm telling you, this is not looking good. I saw the Yara, okay, okay. I saw the ship. That's all I needed to see. <laughs> Wait, hang on. Okay, okay, Fusion, we also saw Elder Scrolls 6. Is that going to come out in the next couple of years? No, that, that, that's There's... not what count. That was genuinely mountains. There was nothing else but mountain range. This is generally character art. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. You want to see the character. No, no okay. The, you want to know? I'm talking about the OG Mass Effect trailer. You don't understand. Years ago. Look, at that, look at that trailer. There was stuff to analyze. We're going to Hammerfall. <laughs> Dude. In like six years. Oh. Uh. <laughs> God, that gets... That, that, that's the thing, though. I don't get excited for it. I'm not going to get excited for a game that's fake. GTA 6, that's real. They said the trailer is next month. That is a real video game. So I'm excited for it. They're not, like, Todd's not on Twitter going like, hey, guys, make sure you check out the Elder Scrolls 6 trailer next month. Then I'd get excited for Elder Scrolls 6. But I'm not going to get excited because it's not a real video game right Maybe it's the realist in me. Maybe just years of kind of being <laughs> led away and stuff. I, I, I want to be able to dream like you, Fusion. I just, right I'm now... Using, I, you, know, you know I'm a skeptic, but this one just seems there's something in the water. I can't... I feel like I'm playing... Skeptic? I don't know. I'm, I'm, playing, optimist, I really. I'm playing Witcher 4 and Mass Effect in like 2025, 2026. Like, those are... Those oh, are the years. Year, like, <laughs> this man's a dreamer. <laughs> Wait, Witcher 4 in 2025? <laughs> I think Witcher is 2026. I think Mass Effect is 2025. Mass Effect 2025. I don't think even Dragon Age Dreadwolf is going to be out by then. You're going to see. I think Dragon Age. I think Dreadwolf is 2024. But even God bless your soul. That's all I'm saying. You'll see. You'll see. Bro, it's going to be announced in 2024 and then it gets delayed to 2025. Yeah, Fusion, we need you to get into Dragon Age so you have something Bioware to look forward to because I feel bad for you at this point. I will play the next Dragon Age just because, even if I like, haven't played the other ones. It's probably long enough where I can do it. Yeah, you'll probably. Yeah, they'll probably have like a recap. Dragon Age Origins is still the best one. It's been downhill since. <laughs> yeah, I heard a lot about that. That's a franchise I want to jump into one of these days. Either way, we've, we spent more than enough time on Mass Effect, the game that's not real. Yeah, dude. <laughs> half the time on GTA, you know? Okay. Yeah, because GTA is being announced next month. Uh, you guys are haters. You're gonna look space dude, and time and sci-fi. We're gonna watch that trailer. It's gonna be just like GTA Five, where that is gonna be one of the greatest trailers of all time. And you're gonna go, you know what, Wolf? You're right. I'm sorry. I'll play it day one, even if it's 30 FPS. I'll play it. I don't care. It's GTA, baby. We're back. Move on. <laughs>
Moving as speaking of moving on, we got um, some updates on uh, Fortnite and Epic Games. Uh, Benji Sales had this over on Twitter. Yesterday was the single biggest day in the history of Fortnite. Epic has announced this was back in November fourth, by the way. Epic has announced with the return of the OG map, forty-four point seven million people played the game, tallying up to one hundred and two million hours of play in a single day. Uh, and also, we had Okami Games had this. Epic Game Store is still not profitable. New court testimony has revealed Epic Games reportedly believed it could get half of all PC gaming revenue if they kept paying for exclusives. Uh, if you'd know, <laughs> uh, we were just talking about Steam and how much money they make. Damn. <laughs> I don't know where that metric came from, but any thoughts on this story, y'all? It's not much to say. Um, Fortnite brought back one of its older, like the first chapter, and they're doing a whole big thing to get attention for the game it. for whatever chapter five is. So that's what the real question is. Like whatever chapter five is, was what they really want to highlight. But the thing is, this chap, the OG season or whatever the hell you call it, is doing so well. They might do what they did with zero build and just make it like a permanent thing. That's about I it. I can Hopefully. see a situation. Like I think they need to expand beyond just this older map, but I mean, I've put in a lot of hours over this. I'm one of the many that have played the OG Fortnite, and I mean, they did a good job with it. It's engaging. It's obviously brought back a lot of people, so I can't complain. Any thoughts on um, specifically Epic Games not being profitable? Epic Game Store. I'm not really shocked by this, considering how much money they pay for exclusives and how much I still see PC gamers angry that they have to use another launcher. Oh, God forbid. Tim Sweeney has big ideas, but that's about all he has. Yeah, he's not a very smart guy. I think we can tell that. <laughs> he's very much someone who has ideas like that are noble in theory, but he just does not go the extra mile, and it leads to layoffs, as we saw like about a month ago. So, oh, unfortunate with that regard. And I just can't imagine Epic Game Store becomes profitable even in the next couple years. It very much seems to be somewhat of a loss leader for them. But like the fact is, like people still don't like using Epic Games, which is again. It's just another launcher. I don't know where they complain about it, but hey, I, don't, I, I want it to succeed. I want competition. I don't like how Valve pretty much has a monopoly on most of PC gaming. But you know, if it wants to succeed, if, if it wants to be, have to improve the service because clearly there's a lot of things that they need to improve about the service that apparently PC gamers get whiny about. So, sorry, Fusion. No offense. Well, PC gamers like, whine about everything. <laughs> You represent all PC gamers. No, I don't. I still, I still don't understand why some like. I can get. It's more of like, Epic came in late into the. It's people aren't upset with having to use the other launcher. They're upset with Epic making certain games exclusive to the launcher. Yeah, for where sure. it's like they for because for years it was always like Steam was just the place you would have your blizzards and like a bunch of like little for a specific game, but like there was never another storefront that just decided to come in and be like, hey, we're going to pay all this money so this game can only be launched on our launcher. Like, that's just weird. Like, that's just... It, it wasn't normal behavior to do this. And then all this, all the PC fans are like, why? Like, I should just... The interface is better on Steam. There's a lot of things better oh, on for Steam. Sure. Like, it's, it's easier to use a controller when you're playing on Steam compared to Epic. Like, they're just think Epic's still behind on. It's like the only thing Epic Games has going for it is 
their free games are amazing every month for some reason because they spend millions of dollars. Because they spend so much money <laughs> yeah. on those games. That's why that's still not profitable is because those because they want people to like, oh, you're going to get into the service. You know, you see the free games and it's like, oh, maybe I'll buy stuff on Epic. No one does that. People just go in, download the free games and leave. Yeah. So that's all my if anything, for. We, yeah, exactly. Same. It's like at that point, it's like you're just bleeding money. I feel like. But at this point, they're so far in that they can't exactly say, ah, oh, we're getting rid of free games. Like that's going to be a very bad like PR story for them if they do that. They kind of stuck. And I, yeah, it's, it's, I interesting. it's gonna be fun to like continue, but besides that, it'd be cool if somehow Valve and Epic just like got together and like, like, Epic had, I don't know. it would never probably happen, but it would just be like, it would be cool if like somehow Steam got like upgraded to like, I don't know, like did, did something where they could integrate or do something <laughs> odd with it. That's just gonna continue the monopoly thing though, because if they I don't integrate, think, but the thing, I agree, but I don't think PC. PC has so many of these like weird websites like Green Man Gaming and Fanatical, like all these, even like GOG, like they have all these other fronts where it's like you can find PC games everywhere. You don't have to always buy your game from Steam. It's just you can buy Steam keys and every that from like hundreds of different places. It's just nice to have Steam as your library. Like it doesn't matter where you get the keys from, where the games from, what price you get them from. It's just nice to be like my entire library is in one place compared to my entire libraries across 10 different launchers. Totally understandable. I, I understand that. But we'll see where that goes. Moving on. We had a bit of a controversial story. Uh, Microsoft is bringing AI characters to Xbox. Uh, this comes from Tom Warren over at The Verge. Microsoft is partnering with in-world AI to create Xbox game development tools for generative AI character storylines and more. Microsoft is partnering with InWorld AI to develop Xbox tools that will allow developers to create AI-powered characters, stories, and quests. The multi-year partnership will include an AI-designed co-pilot system that Xbox developers can use to create detailed scripts, dialogue trees, quest lines, and more. Quote, at Xbox, we believe that with better tools, creators can make even more extraordinary games, explains Haiyan Zhang, a general manager of gaming AI at Xbox. This partnership will bring together in-world expertise in creating generative AI models for character development, Microsoft's cutting-edge cloud-based AI solutions, including Azure Open AI Service, Microsoft's research technical insights into the future of play, and Team Xbox's strength in revolutionizing accessible and responsible creator tools for all developers i have never said ai so many times in one fucking news story but hey you know this is the world we live in uh bench i know you had a lot of thoughts on this one so i'll let you take the floor well i've heard a lot of people say it's just more tools which i guess you can make that argument i still think this is highly negative and pretty tasteless with how the year's been so far with all the layoffs i think this isn't something we should be investing in right now with games as it's a te future technology, and it's not even, like, up to snuff, and all there's just a lot of issues with it, and it's just going to cut people's jobs more, which is already a very sore topic currently. So I think this is not the right move, and I think Xbox makes a lot of strides into, like, stuff not like this, and I think it's actually a pretty rare L from them in this regard, which is pretty disappointing, because I didn't think they'd do something like this. I'm not shocked that they did something like this. I mean, Xbox has very clearly shown the most interest in jumping into AI in comparison to the other console manufacturers. People overreacting about this, especially when you read the article and they talk about how this is going to be used. Firstly, they say it's optional. 
so nobody is being forced to use AI. It's, the, it's literally just a tool. They even say it's just a tool. And then adding more onto it, they started talking about how they would use the AI. And it's for like how character AI works inside games. Like when you're working with an NPC and shit and they're moving around, just to improve that. And if you want an example of how bad it's been as of late for some titles, like a Modern Warfare 3, where the character AI is abysmal. So I think it's just more options, which is never a bad it thing. If yeah, this out. can be used for bad, but if that's the case, then that's a different story. But yeah, uh, this is this is later in the article. Microsoft is only offering this as an optional tool for game developers, so it will be up to them to decide on the level of generative AI in future titles. The finals developer Embark Studio recently had to defend against its use of AI-generated voices, arguing that making games without actors isn't an end goal. <laughs> what? <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why that's a funny-ass statement, but yeah, as you said, it seems to be an optional tool. I, I'm interested to see where this goes. I kind of do see that AI can be utilized as um, an assistant, a help. But I also really do fear like developers kind of substituting the use of AI for actual developers. Again, it is just an option. I hope it stays that way, and I hope no developer genuinely abuses it and like makes most of their game AI-generated, because that's kind of a fear in and of itself. Yeah, because we've already started oh, to ahead. see within the development because that whole the finals game was it came out that all the voices like the the uh, narrators or whatever like the commentators they're all AI. That's so insane to me. Like, how hard is it to just hire some dudes from Fiverr? <laughs> like, I feel like you could just do that. Like, I don't know why they had to use AI. I don't know. You could just never. It's a it's a sore subject. Very I would have taken a role and just put me in anything. I guess. If you want the game to make negative money, sorry, sorry. What? That's, that's so crazy. That's so crazy. I'm off the show. <laughs> Moving on. We have some Switch sales reports. A lot of numbers. I'm going to be talking a bit here. Um, Nintendo Switch now at 132.46 million units sold as of September 30th, 2023. Tears of the Kingdom at 19.50 million units. Bench, I know you said that you were a little disappointed with the performance of Zelda. I, I don't want to put words in your mouth. I mean, I wouldn't say disappointed. I would say it's just kind of shocking looking at kind of the slowdown. It's only sold like a million and a half. So 20 million in what, like six or seven months is insane. I think it's just the steep decline after those first couple months was definitely noticeable. Well, that's very much how Zelda games are. They sell an insane amount of that first day. Like, they're not nearly as evergreen as a Mario Kart, where, like, there's always need to play Mario Kart. I don't know if that's really on the same level as Zelda in that regard, so I'm not too surprised by the uh, yeah. decline in that. Zelda regard. games like that, well, just single-player games in general, like Zelda, doesn't have that longevity like a party game like a Mario Kart or Mario Party does. Exactly. You see the number uh, increase again when they, uh, after Christmas. Exactly, yeah. Uh, moving on. Um, Mario Wonder released on October 20th, uh, global sell-through two weeks after release. 4.3 million units, and this is the biggest release for a Super Mario title. Very impressive numbers for Mario Wonder. Uh, very happy with that, because the game deserves it. Um, then we have Nintendo Switch Online. Uh, right now, they are at over 38 million members. Interesting to say the least, 130, excuse me, 132 million uh, Switches out there and about 38 million Switch Online members. It's one of those breakdowns where I really do want to know what like the breakdown is for like PlayStation 
and like PlayStation Plus too. How many people play for pay for PlayStation Plus compared to the amount of PlayStations in the wild? Those, those are the type of numbers that really interest to me. Um, then Pikmin 4, my beloved Pikmin 4, as of October 31st, released in July, sell through 2.5 million units. It's the biggest launch of a Pikmin game. Uh, Pikmin 4 is back. God tier game. One of the best games of the year. I don't give a fuck. I'm excited to play it. God tier game. Um, then moving in, we got a bit more business talk here. Uh, future outlook for Nintendo Switch entering its eighth year. <laughs> Oh my god, it's eighth year in March 2024. I don't know why that is so insane to me because I feel like the Switch came out like yesterday. <laughs> Nintendo will continue to release new titles and content without being bound by the traditional concept of the platform life cycle. That's an interesting quote. And then going forward, like to continue to see many consumers play Switch, maintain business momentum. So, a big thing there is without being bound by the traditional concept of the platform life cycle. You know, they're in direct opposition of my best friend, Jim Ryan, where he said uh, they believe in generations over at Sony. They said, nah, you know what? We're not going to like stay to that thing. Like, is there much to that quote or is it just a usual business quote speak? When you look at the graphs for this, it's pretty, like, pretty obvious just how much of an impact the Switch had on these titles <laughs> and for it being on the Switch. So this makes me think, like, yeah, we're not leaving the Switch anytime soon. Yeah, there'll be a Switch 2, but it's going to be, like, a 3DS, like, to a new 3DS situation where, like, there'll probably barely be any exclusives, in my opinion. I very much disagree. I think this is just kind of corporate speak. I still think there's going to be a pretty hard cutoff. I think it might be, like, the 3DS had for, like, there was, like, two years of, like, kind of dual support, but the Switch still got all the exclusive big stuff. So I... I still think it's going to be a pretty big cutoff whenever the new Switch comes. I don't think it'll be as aggressive as the 3DS, where they kind of just like almost let that thing uh, waddle away while they were really going in with the Switch. I think they'll support the Switch for a little bit more after Switch 2 comes out, maybe the uh, first two years. But I do think Switch 2, there's going to be a cutoff. You're going to start seeing Switch 2 exclusives. Moving on. Uh, we had this pretty funny story. Uh, VGC, Andy Robinson had this. Nintendo denies briefing developers on Switch 2 and dismisses multi-screen patent. Uh, Nintendo president uh, Shintaro Furukawa has denied its brief developers on plans for a Nintendo Switch successor, calling recent media reports untrue. Earlier this year, both Eurogamer and VGC cited sources claiming that Nintendo had privately shown tech demos for its next console to select developers behind closed door at Gamescom in Germany. Correspondence unsealed as part of the U.S. Federal Trade Commission's legal battle with Microsoft also suggested Activision Blizzard had no next-gen console plans in late 2022. However, according to Japanese publication Mainichi, Nintendo boss Furukawa denied a private earning call on Tuesday, calling them, quote, inaccurate the president is also claimed to have dismissed a recent nintendo pen filing for a device with multiple screens uh so i think we could just agree <laughs> in regards to the um denying the gamescom demo that, he's full of shit right like that that definitely happened yeah. <laughs> it, this definitely feels like a Hey, I saw a very funny comparison where it's like, no, we didn't show the demo at Gamescom. We showed it at a hotel like across the street from Gamescom. <laughs> so I kind of like that idea, but I don't know. I, this just kind of comes off as like uh, Shintaro basically saying like, uh, yeah, yeah, we, we can't really talk about that. So no, that it's inaccurate where it's like most of it is accurate, but like maybe some small parts were inaccurate. I don't know. I, I, I can't imagine like that 
Gamescom demo was fake. Like, I very much believe that's true. Moving on from Nintendo. I got a sad one, boys. We got some Silent Hill updates. <laughs> oh, this is good news. This. New games. I hate this so fucking much. Okay. <laughs> so, Noble had this. Noble had this on Twitter. Best Buy lists some additional product details for Bloober's Silent Hill 2 remake, including a new playable origin story for Pyramid Head. Fan favorite playable? character, Pyramid Head makes a return along with a special origin story for fans to play through. Update, Konami told IGN that Best Buy had incorrect, but they also didn't deny its existence. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, okay, this kind of just like showed me. Um, this just confirmed to me. This remake's going to be hot fucking garbage. I do not have any faith in it at all. <laughs> Blooper team, uh, I hate to say it, but I think you're kind of ass. And I just don't think you are anywhere near the level of capable enough to handle Silent Hill 2. Especially when you're doing a fucking origin story for Pyramid Head. You don't need an origin story for Pyramid Head. That is not a character that gets an origin story. If you play the game, you understand why that makes no fucking sense of Pyramid Head getting an origin story. Right now, it's like, oh, Pyramid Head, that's the guy I know from uh, fucking Dead by Daylight, if you played that uh, game. It's like, I know him from Dead by Daylight. Of course I want to see his origin story. He doesn't have an origin story. It's not an origin story that would work because of what Silent Hill 2 is, and I don't want to say it because I don't want to spoil it, but it's very much a situation where you can't really do an origin story on Pyramid Head without with it making sense at all. I just think it's going to be fucking stupid. I have zero faith that this game ever going to be good. I just want to say that Greg Miller would be very upset that you don't like Bloomer Team, dude. Bloomer Team sucks! In, in, tell me a good game. <laughs> he thinks the medium was like... Game of the year or something crazy. <laughs> okay, Greg Miller also liked Far Cry Six. Okay, I don't. Whoa, whoa, hey, whoa, whoa! Hey, hey. What? Okay, Far Cry here. Right no, no, I like Far Cry Six. Sucked. Okay, okay nope. nope. Oh my nope. god, we're not going to do. It. Well, that's just a lie on the okay. on the podcast. <laughs> that's a lie, like... but Mass Effect coming out in twenty twenty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. He's got everything backwards today. Oh my god! <laughs> Listen, I'm just saying. I don't know. <laughs> Blooper Team, like, layers of fear? Oh, man. Like, okay, I watched a video of someone playing through all the Blooper Team games. None of them are good. <laughs> they are very much just 6 out of 10 budget indie horror games that you see on the Steam Marketplace listed, and it's like, oh, these guys look like they're perfect for the job of handling Silent Hill, one of the biggest horror IPs in gaming. Okay, I say that, but this is the I believe in them. I believe in them. Listen, okay, this is my Zelda movie. <laughs> For other people, how that's their Zelda movie, this is my Zelda movie. It's a funny quote to think about, but I don't know. I just, I have, I, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> uh, we also got, uh, so uh, Okami Games, uh, he, he starts this with a fake statement. Konami is officially back. No, <laughs> but they are officially back at AAA game development with the creation of a new in-house development studio, Silent Production Team. So, hey, Konami's uh, making AAA games again. They're uh, starting to work on games, and people are like, yeah, Konami, woohoo. Guys, wh where's the faith in Konami? There's zero faith in them. Wh what can they do? Everything they do turns to shit. You know what's going to happen? They're just going to add microtransactions to everything. Look at Silent Hill Ascension. 
I had to pay money for my vote to count. <laughs> I don't want to fucking. <laughs> I don't like what games are that. Not realistic. It's fucking ridiculous. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> Castlevania, but you have to pay real life money for the weapons. Don't if they touch Castlevania, that's gonna be my depression arc. I want you to know right now. <laughs> There's those rumors of the new Castlevania, because that's also internally developed according to those rumors. Moving on, so I don't cry anymore. Uh, we got some Naughty Dog news, so Fusion, wake up. Uh, Okami Games has this. Uh, the Last of Us multiplayer director on development. This actually comes from a tweet from that director. Uh, I did it. Wow, that was hard. Easily 300-plus Mario is dead in the process, and this is in regards to him 100%ing a Chad. And so this tweet can live on in peace. Yes, I'm still working on that game. That game obviously being Last of Us Factions. Fusion, it's... You think it's happening? You think that you still are doing it? Yes, I don't see... The, the people who think it's cancelled just don't enjoy life. Like, there's been no si- <laughs> sign. There's just been nothing... Wait, wait, wait. You want to know who, who said it was cancelled? Greg Miller. <laughs> and you no, cited Greg, him earlier. <laughs> nah, he doesn't... He thinks the medium's good. Like, come on now. <laughs> oh, okay! I'm done. I can't take bro this. Bro is like... Bro is picking the cheese up. Oh, that's like you. Um, no, I just I don't... I play both sides, so I always come out on top. <laughs> I don't Did see... Other than one Jason Schreier article that everyone still runs with to this day, that like he should have never even posted, but he should never post that article. It's still to this day, I think, the dumbest article he's wrote in like two years. Like it it just didn't. Anyways, that's a whole nother topic. But like, there's been nothing. The game is going through every like every other game. Might might be some little bumps in the road, but like it's it's coming. Like it's just taking a little while. I feel it would have released by now if it wasn't for Bungie, and I think we saw Bungie has their own host of issues. Fusion, I'll, I'll let you have your Mass Effect hope and your Witcher hope. However, Last of Us Factions, Wait, okay. that's where I draw the line. This okay. is like... Factions is more unbelievable than Witcher 4 releasing in 2026? Yes. <laughs> okay, Fusion, that's I'm with crazy. you now. <laughs> <That's crazy. laughs> no, I'm always really Factions. Year. Uh, next year... Yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no way this game's getting delayed even longer. I just don't believe it. That's you're right. It's, you're right. It's not going to get delayed. It's going to get canceled. It's, it's not, not going to get canceled. It's literally no... done. It's done. <laughs> like the the lead developer finished. does not tweet out three days ago, hey, I'm still working on this game, by the way, to be like, it's canceled. <laughs> like, it's just, it's, yeah, it's coming out. Game gets canceled. Just so say you want it canceled. I feel like most people want it canceled because it's like, I yes. hate it about multiplayer you motherfuckers did not play factions they that shit's fine they've never played a naughty dog multiplayer they don't get they, they weren't there they just oh my god uncharted multiplayer that is so good why is it so good <laughs> because the gunplay like, and naughty dog games are great compared exactly. to popular belief like eh, no, no gameplay mm, movie mm, <laughs> the shooting is bad like what are you what i want to know what games you're playing where the naughty dog shooting is outright awful <laughs> like what yeah. games are you playing so bad. They're delusional. That's all I'm saying. The game, I don't see now, can I, I I could see the world where it did get scaled back. Like, I'm not, I would be, it would be very hard for me to sit here and tell you with a straight face that the game today looks like they intended the game to look two years ago, three years ago. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think it's that rumored escape from Tarkov, big budget extraction shooter where you have your home base and it's going to be like a crazy narrative intertwined in the multiplayer like i doubt we ever get those visions of the game because yeah let's be honest they were promising a lot that no multiplayer game has ever done i 
Like, I think they, not that they're really good at their job, but I don't think they realize how hard it is to make That's live a service. Yeah, and it's a different form of content that you have to make. And I think they were just like, oh, we've made some of the greatest stories ever. Like, blah, blah, blah. We can just do this in the multiplayer. And they just were like, oh, maybe actually we can't. Here's my theory. My theory. Um, Last of Us 2 Remastered. We know that's real. That's going to come out with this multiplayer mode. It's no longer a live service. I think they showed that. We're going to get into it with um, the PlayStation live service. I think they're showing that this live service thing is not working out. It's better to just make great games. And I think they want to do the Last of Us 2, the PS5 version. And they're saying, hey, it comes with factions. I think that's enough of a selling point to where it wouldn't be nearly as much of an outcry. Uh, there's still going to be an outcry because people really don't like The Last of Us, but like, hey, you know what? We'll see where it comes from there. Um, we also had another Naughty Dog update. Uh, this comes from actually their official Twitter. Our head of technology, Chris Geierling, has decided to leave Naughty Dog after an amazing 17-year career at our studio. We're grateful for his many contributions to the studio, our games, and his teammates. We will miss Christian greatly and wish him the best of luck on where the path next leads. Travis McIntosh, a 19-year veteran at Naughty Dog, will succeed Christian as head of technology. Um, so I'll say right now, 17 years, I did the math. That means he did not work on Jack and Daxter. So this guy's he's useless. <laughs> okay. But in all seriousness. <laughs> in all, um, one thing that even Naughty Dog haters will admit, their games look fucking good. Uh, do you think Fusion that this will have any effect on on their future, like how those will like look and run and whatnot? This is kind of. I think this is similar to the Dan Hauser stuff. Less so. I don't think it's that big of a deal because like writing is a whole different beast, and like being a good writer is probably a lot harder than being good at making tech or like being good with tech. But um. No, I don't think I. I don't. I think Naughty Dog as a whole, a PlayStation series as a whole, have enough like technically profound people. Even the replacement that Travis did, I looked him up and he's he was responsible for like the enemy AI in The Last of Us Part Two. And the enemy Ooh. like the NPC in it is like phenomenal. Some of the best just in video yeah. games in my opinion. So like they're replacing him with an absolute wizard also. You know what I mean? Like and he's been around for even longer. I think that's it said like nineteen years for that Travis yeah, guy. Years. So like I doubt guy. I forget his last name a second, but okay. I there's no there's no saying until we see something, but there, I doubt like one dude, even if he's a important dude in the company, would like tank the quality of what Naughty Dog video games are. Like, do we know if he's going into retirement or going into some sort of other studio? Because I don't know where he's going. Because maybe just he wasn't. Maybe they're making a Last of Us three, and he didn't want to work on the Last of Us series for fifteen years. That, I mean, that comes around to a bigger topics. Like a lot of these people are starting to work on like the same type of game franchise and characters for like over a decade. I can't imagine how like she's like that can probably get pretty boring over time. You eventually want to I, change things up, right? Yeah, no, you see that a lot. This happened a lot in the PS3 era in general, and then going into the PS4 era. You see so many developers that are not retiring, but they still like go to another studio because they're like, "Well, I've worked at this studio long enough. I've worked as long enough. I already have like people that understand the IP, the franchise. They can handle it without me. I'm gonna go off and do other stuff." So that is definitely becoming a more common thing. I looked it up. Christian Garling. I can't find his age anywhere, but from what I could tell, he looks like a young guy. So I doubt he's retiring. I think it's very much something like 
he wants to work on like something else and see what he can do in other studios. And I think they would say retire in the tweet. It's the fact that he the tweet yeah. says like decide to leave. Like he probably does. maybe he goes and creates. There's a big trend of like people making their own studio. I I don't know if like he has that type of well, yeah, money influence, but like yeah. <laughs> maybe he just maybe someone like big left a studio and they're making a studio and they're like, hey, this Naughty Dog dude's really good with tech. Let's see if he wants to be on board on our new IP. Like, like Vinch is saying, some people, if you've worked at Naughty Dog for the past even 20 years, it's been just strictly Uncharted or Last of Us. Like, that's what your uh, life has been. It's a little bit of Jack 3. Well, yeah. And that's like, <laughs> I, I'm assuming the people who, who have, who are there that started on like, like Jack games and like when Naughty Dog have more variety. No, those, the, most of them are gone. <laughs> yeah, I was just saying most of them are probably out of there. So it's very interesting to see like maybe they like you probably do. It's any job of any career you get bored after a while, even if you love it a lot. Like you can only do you so much. Stuff. Yeah, you can always like, and if you have the talent to be like, hey, this new IP looks really cool. I want to go work on that world. Like they go and do it. My thing was. I'm happy this was the tweet and it wasn't a Last of Us Factions canceled. Yeah, because... you look at that you look at that tweet and it's just like you, you get the yellow background yeah, from the like Project Red. Like I thought they <laughs> they posted that and I was like, God, please don't let me read something crazy. What <laughs> are the replies? I don't know why this account is now only for sad news. It's like, man, I don't think I remember the last time Naughty Dog tweeted. Yeah, like, been... yeah, baby, we're doing good. <laughs> it's been very, just crazy. It's been very. It's, it's so hard to explain Naughty Dog stuff because it's been very. They're still so, so successful, but like it's been very, just depressing. When any time I look at Naughty Dog in the news, it's like either layoffs or just people yeah. mocking them for a remake, or people just hating The Last of Us all of a sudden, or people just. I think they really Hating need, like, they just <laughs> need that new IP or something. They need something, a trailer. They need literally anything to be like, hey, this is our next video game. And I think that's when people start being like, okay, another Naughty Dog game. A real game, apparently, according to you guys. Like, they have to confirm with real and a trailer. You know what I mean? Like, you know what? <laughs> I was about to be on your side, but never mind. Now. <laughs> but, like, no, I, I, I do feel bad for Naughty Dog because I feel like they've been... They shouldn't. They're one of the top dev teams in the world, and I feel like they've been not a laughing stock, but they've just been under the it, bus for like two years now. It legitimately all started with the leak to Last of Us Two. I will yes. tell you right fucking now. If that game didn't leak, most people would like it. There would still be a lot of people who disliked it for completely legitimate reasons. I, I'm not really the biggest fan of the game. Like I like the game, but still. But I'll tell you right. If it didn't leak. Naughty Dog would still be considered one of the best developers, and for that just shifted so heavily after that game's release. And it, it is crazy how like how that did leak for one, and the fact that like I don't know, it's just it's just sad. I feel I feel bad for them. That's why like like their last big win was winning Game of the Year. <laughs> just what? Refresh me, like what leaked about Last of Us Two that like caused everyone the to hate story. it? The story, <laughs> the entire uh, story, everything. And, the most I, important I, part of the Last of Us Part Two moon that you can think of very early yeah. that leaked. The important um, thing out of context. <laughs> a lot of those leaks were out oh, of yeah. context because no In one the knew context, when it happened. It's not as bad. Yeah, my my like, biggest it, problem with that game was the pacing. So like it wasn't even an issue with like um the actual like content of the story. So I don't know. It's um it's life that's for sure. 
It's, it's, it's like, like I just I just feel like I feel bad for like the devs at this point. Or just like oh for sure. The it's devs like, and everything. It's like every tweet, like if you go to the Naughty Dog tweet, it's just like you just scroll and I feel like every tweet's been like like that white plastic background of someone leaving or like a layoff or like I don't know. It's just... You compare you compare Naughty Dog's Twitter account to Insomniac, and it's night and day. Like it feels like everything's on top of the world for Insomniac. And then Naughty Dog, it's like sad, sad, sad. And it's like these studios are both under PlayStation. <laughs> like, why? What is this severe difference? Like, I don't know. Their, their Twitter's in that weird section where, like, they physically they can't give any hints. They can't give anything about their new next video game. So all their Twitter is either just like depressing news or tweets about their old, like Last of Us Part Two usually, and then all the Twitter users under it is just people hating Last of Us Part Two. So like they can't oh, win. <laughs> they just they, they celebrated the 19th year anniversary of Jack Three recently. So hey, you know what? That's a big W. To all six of Jack Three fans. Fuck <laughs> off, Moon. Okay, you do not say shit like that. If Jack has that, that was actually on one of six. I, I felt that when Moon said that. Okay. <laughs> it's it, it, last point. Naughty Dog very much used to be my favorite developer, where if you ask me like who my favorite game developer is, it's Naughty Dog without question. That changed heavily. Last of Us Part 1, actually, where I'm like, yeah, the game's the great. Remake? I enjoyed it a lot. No, the original Last of Us Part 1. Where, I, I don't know, it just kind of like there showed for me. <laughs> huh? Nothing. No, no, okay, because let me explain. Last was, it was like, oh, they're shifting towards a direction that I personally am not looking for in what I want from a Naughty Dog game. And then Uncharted 4 happened where I'm like, okay, never mind, they're back. And then Lost Legacy happened, and I'm like, oh, that game fucking sucked. <laughs> I, I just think that game's just outright bad. And then, like, Last of Us 2, I still like that game. I think it's a solid 8, but... I don't know. Like, right now, I am not a Naughty Dog fanboy the same way I used to be. The same way you are, Fusion. But I still... You'll, you'll, you'll come back. Just... Don't worry. No, get, don't I, get you back. When they make a new IP. When they make a new IP, I'll be All back. All I'm saying, Rockstar, so is in a, Rockstar is in a tier of their own, I understand. But pre-lead up to a Naughty Dog game is also very special. Oh, for sure. Like, those trailers, sure. it's a very special moment when Naughty Dog is also like, hey, we have another game coming. It sucks because you know what's gonna happen is that well, they're gonna reveal their next game and you're just gonna get the guys who are like, mm, well, Last of Us Two was their last one. Now that it's like, oh my god. <laughs> it sucks like, even more when you know that next one's part three, so those guys are gonna. Uh, <laughs> they literally. I don't remember Neil Druckmann straight up just saying like, yeah, we have the script for Last of Us Part Three. It just depends on if we want to make it. You're gonna make it. <laughs> so you're making the game at that point. <laughs> That'll be my, but the GTA 6 announcement for you, will, that part 3 announcement, that would be me. Like, the day yeah, that hits IP, my, my life will be, like, transformed. I don't know. Unfortunately, I mean, like, DJ won't be on the podcast that day. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm busy. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. Moving on. Uh, we got a quickie, um, but some interesting thing I want to point out specifically. Uh, the Square Enix uh, financial results came in. Uh, this kind of from Gank. Uh, Square Enix Q2 results. Net sales up thanks to FF16 and FF Pixel Remaster, uh, but operating income down to due to higher development and advertising. Interesting thing. MMO segment down. I'll ask specifically about that. Uh, Ever Crisis and new titles unable to offset weak performance from existing mobile titles and merchandise up. 
so with the MMO segment, that's kind of the more interesting aspect of all of this. Uh, Bench, I wanted to ask you specifically, is FF14 kind of going through like a, a down moment where like people aren't nearly as excited about it? Because I don't see many people talking about it. Is this like <laughs> kind of the usual thing for MMOs? Because I'm not too familiar with that segment of gaming. I mean, you definitely had the pandemic high. 14 was absolutely on top of the world for a solid two years, and you had an expansion during that time. And this, while well, I'm two like, patches behind, this expansion cycle hasn't been as exciting because it's kind of just like giving a soft like ending and very small setup to what's next. So it won't pick up until the next expansion, which is summer 2024. So it's kind of a natural thing, but it's definitely like, it's definitely like you had the pandemic high, which happened with a lot of online games. So it's just natural that it will go down after that. And the game's kind of, it's definitely more of been a weird spot than it was back whenever it hit its stride. But when, an expansion's always to pick that up. Yeah, it is interesting seeing like the overall like income going down. Like there have been, a, it's not too crazy, but it's also like, I mean, you saw how big of a failure Forspoken was. I feel like they wanted that to be so much more. So, I don't know. I, I'm hoping Square Enix can back, bounce back a bit better than this. We'll see. Moving on. The, oh, my bad. Oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. You mentioned every crisis. Um, the way that the microtransactions work in that game is really weird. But you don't get characters. You get outfits and weapons. Which, <laughs> that outfit that they're pumping out is not really enticing for people for most people to buy. No so trip. although what they're although what they're doing with the story for that game is really cool, I'm not sure how well they're doing many ways. Interesting. Moving on. Um so next is kind of a sad story. This comes from VGC Andy Robinson. Embracer's Time Splitter Studio Free Radical faces closure. So that's uh, specifically they face closure, not very much that they are being closed down. But we'll see with this uh, article. Uh, for the past six months, Embracer has been carrying out a, quote, restructuring program, which has already begun to see some game studios closed and some projects canceled. This includes the closure of studios like St. Shore Developer Volition and Campfire Cabell. According to people closer close to Free Radical Design, the Nottingham UK-based studio has been part of the evaluation and employees have now been notified that it could close. As required by UK employment law play on, the Embracer division, which runs Free Radical, must consult employees for a minimum of 30 days before making any redundancies, including exploring ways to, of avoiding them. There remains a possibility that the studio could remain open then, should Embracer receive interest from third parties interested in acquiring it. However, VGC anal analysis of LinkedIn and social media shows that within just the last 24 hours, at least 15 employees employed at Free Radical have already published posts saying they're looking for work. Uh, so if you I don't know, Free Radical... Closed. Yeah, I think they're going to close. This is uh, Free Radical Design, who made Time Splitters, which was a very, very popular uh, franchise, dating back to the PS2 era. Um, their last game as Free Radical was Haze, and then they kind of worked as almost like a porting studio. Or not a porting studio, but they worked on like Crisis as a Crytek UK. Um, they made the uh, Crisis 2 and Crisis 3. And then they uh, were kind of acquired by Embracer Group, and they're saying like, hey, we're going to make time splitters we're making a reboot i don't think that's ever happening <laughs> unfortunately i think free radicals down yeah it's just another one of the string of embracer like closures and i only think it's going to get worse the only hope is that i mean people can find new jobs and 
that these IPs at least get sold off and aren't in like just prison forever. Yeah, I didn't put it in the doc. There are a lot of layoffs stories, as per usual in this industry this year, which fucking sucks. But like, there was stuff in regards to Ubisoft Montreal. I think it was Ubisoft Montreal. It was a Ubisoft studio, one of them. And uh, Unity is facing layoffs. Like, they're very likely to also see layoffs, which kind of sucks how this industry that's making so much money just continuously sees layoffs. But hey, you know what? That's just the cycle of life. And it's, it's, I don't know, it's just a sad story, because Freeride, this new time splitters was Embracer's most promising project. This has been in development for, it feels like, forever. I was thinking we were actually going to get close to seeing, like, a trailer for it. Guess not. <laughs> I, I think we can all agree, Embracer Group fucking sucks, right? They suck. <laughs> they are so good. Time splitters is so good. I don't know if anyone's played it in here. I assume oh, someone really? has, because, like, time splitters... Dude, Future Perfect, like, you have to play Time Slayers 2 and Time Slayers Future Perfect. Like, I'm surprised Moon hasn't played them, or maybe he has, but, like... I, no, I haven't. Oh, they're so that. good. No, they're, they, they're, they're very good games. They're I think the they would hold up. I think they would probably hold up well, too. Like, you know me. I don't like old video games, and, like, those games... Like, those were the games I was playing. You could play, like, those campaigns co-op, Calc's co-op, specifically, and, like, I just remember being, like, super young and playing Calc's co-op with, like, friends on Time Slayers, and it was so... And you could create... Time Slayers literally had Forge before Forge and Halo. You could go in there and create your own maps and like customize your own. It was just I don't know. It was so cool. It was a very cool video game or like franchise. It's very much a franchise that I really wanted to get into. Uh, hopefully, maybe I get into it now. Just knowing it's like, hey, maybe I want to feel knowing sad that they're that dying. Another yeah. one. I I mean, I assume were you like? Did you have faith in this one? Were you excited for this new Time Splitters? I mean, I wouldn't know. I don't know about faith because it's been a while, but like I was every this time. Real game. This is this isn't the first time a time player game has like came back and then also been canceled or canned. Like they've done oh, this yeah. like I feel like two to three times already. So like every time it happens, I like I have no faith honestly until like I see something and we've never seen something. Like it's always like they're working on new time players or like the studio does new time players. Like it never works out for some reason. I don't know why. So you're telling me that you don't get excited for any new time splitters because it's not a No, I'm saying that I don't trust the people that make time splitters like I trust Naughty Dog and BioWare and other studios. That's what I'm saying. I don't know, man. After Anthem, it's hard for me to trust BioWare, but hey, you know what? Anthem Living wasn't BioWare's fault. It was EA's. It was not. I'll, I'll, hold, no. I'll stand my ground on that. It was no, no, no. No, no, it was. Okay, okay, no. Tangent. Bioware leadership was the issue at Anthem because if you look at a lot of like the insider reporting, it was very much they didn't know what they were doing either. <laughs> this it was a joint effort. Awesome. That gameplay is fucking awesome. It but like also, awesome. in regards to EA, like, I remember that story of like them deciding whether or not jetpacks would be in the game or not, <laughs> and they kept putting them in, removing them, putting them in, removing them, and I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> there's no wonder this game took forever. Just like it's Embracer funny. Group needs PlayStation. <laughs> Embracer Group just needs no. to either get rid, like they're too in over their head and they have so many studios, they need to just start selling things off, or like they just need something where this needs to stop happening because I feel like every two weeks there's a new, hey, there's more issues under Embracer. Like with some studio, there's something all every week, there's something about Embracer not being able to put out a game or hold a studio together. Like, I'm getting tired of hearing about Embracer Group and it never being positive. It's funny. Um, you said about... 
<laughs> yeah, because we're oof. That was stupid. But, uh, all the canceled Time Splitters game. There is a full section for just future and canceled uh, games for Time Splitters in the um, Wikipedia article. There was Time Splitters 4. Time Splitters Rewind, which is apparently in development, by the way. That's still being developed, you know? So, hey, Fusion, there you go. Rewind's the one <laughs> I remember Splitters... that title. Time Splitters 2 HD Remake, which, by the way, I want to mention, Time Splitters Rewind. That was started in development around, like, 2012. <laughs> um, and it's still in development. Apparently, it had a second round of QA testing in December 2021. Wow, uh, so dude, Time Splitters right and then there was Time Splitters 2 HD Remake, and then the untitled Time Splitters game, which was started in 2018. What were you doing I for five you, years? Like, I wasn't lying when I said there's been a hundred like tries. Like I don't understand how it keeps happening. Why is it so hard to make a Time Splitters game? I feel like it, I think it was very pretty. Easy. You you'll have to play the game. They were like very very unique shooters like it was very weird like i can't even explain you'll just have to like youtube time splitters like in your free time or like the story oh, of the yeah. games they're very like not like any other shooters out there and they're really cool like it's a cool franchise that i think just probably yeah. wasn't played enough back in the day so it just never got traction i want to check them out yeah they're on the top of my to play list for sure moving on guys we had Embracer Group. How about a Neural big fan of? WB. <laughs> WB. This comes from Shinobi. WB will focus more on live service. Go. Let's fucking go. <laughs> Quote uh, from my favorite person on the internet, David Zaslov. Our focus is on transforming our biggest franchises from largely console and PC based with three, four release three, four-year release schedules to include more always-on gameplay through live services, multi-platform, and free-to-play extensions with the goal to have more players spending more time on more platforms. Or platforms. Ultimately, we want to drive engagement and monetization of longer cycles and at higher levels. We have put specific capabilities. We are currently under scale and see significant opportunity to generate greater post-purchase revenues. Uh, that came from an earnings call. Guys, we're, we're doing it. WB is back. <laughs> We'll you never see a game like Arkham Games again. Oh, God. It's just... <laughs> Remember when they said they would sell their gaming division? I Good really time. wish they did. Because <laughs> it's clear, these these numbnuts over at WB, they, didn't they cancel... Okay, but I don't know if this is true. Didn't they cancel a, like, a cartoon that was literally finished filming like a year? I like after a year. Yeah, or it just happened like the other day. Acme, uh, Coyote versus Acme. Yeah, the whole film is done, and they shelved it for tax uh, cuts because oh they thought god. it wouldn't make any money. Oh my god! <laughs> they thought the tax cut would be bigger than either putting it out in theaters, putting it on streaming, or selling it to some other distributor. This is the worst company. They get like they also did that with the. The Batgirl movie. The Batgirl movie. So yeah, they're now two for two. I just... I don't know, man. (laughs) As Dark said, man, Arkham, remember those games? (laughs) And hey, you know what? We got uh, Suicide Squad kills the Justice League. Real talk, are you guys excited for Suicide Squad at all? I'm excited to play the inevitable And it is a continuation. It's like in the same universe as um, the Rocksteady's Batman, so... I just can't get excited for a live service game anymore. Me neither. I was like excited. Just... 
at yeah. first because like I've heard about Rocksteady and like the Batman games and everything. And then the that gameplay demo, like the twenty minute oh, demo, it looked so bad. Of all like the purple goo, like shooting all the purple goo, to, like it was so bad. It was genuinely so much worse than like I could even imagine. So like as of now, I'm like I have no excitement for Suicide Squad, but it'd be really cool if like it had a redemption arc somehow between then and now. Wasn't the other Someone... problem like all four characters pretty much play exactly the same? Yeah, they're all just shooting guns. Someone pointed this out, um, which I found. I think it was Luke Stevens. Uh, usually when you're make, marketing a game, you want to show off the good parts of the game. That's the good parts. <laughs> if it looked that bad, oh god. <laughs> it's just like, I, from what I saw of the cutscenes, like, I feel like the story will be good in that game, but man, that live service element, you just, like, let's stop. Like, why are we making live service games? You're not good. Like, it's too risky. <sighs> One day, what WB will listen, and maybe D- David Zaslav will uh, return my calls one of these days. Moving on. So he can explain to me why he shelved that movie. That movie sounded awesome. Yeah, seriously, it was like John Cena too. Like that, dude, I would watch that. Uh, I just lost had this on Twitter. Uh, Alan Hartman from Turn Ten has been promoted to the new head of Xbox Game Studios. Uh, this was on a LinkedIn post, <laughs> not announced. I, I don't know if they did any announcement uh, later on, but from what I see, there's no real announcement from Xbox themselves. This is currently the new Xbox leadership for 2024 and beyond. Phil Spencer, CEO of Microsoft Gaming, Sarah Bond, president of Xbox, Matt Booty, president of game content uh, and studios, including Zenimax, James Letters, CEO and head of, of Zenimax, Alan Hartman, head of Xbox Game Studios, Mike Gibara, president of Blizzard, and... I'm not going to try to pronounce the name, the president of King Games. Uh, it very much seems like they kind of want him to come in and be like, work together with Matt Booty, hopefully, so that we can actually get more oversight from Xbox leadership into all these studios. I have I've seen some theories that um, he would be the new head of Activision and their studios. Do you guys believe that? Do you think that could be the situation? No, I'm pretty sure they're going to find someone no. else to take over that division. So if he's head of like... Xbox now, then I, I, I doubt it. Like, maybe if he wasn't already attached to a bigger title. Like, I think being head of Xbox, like the, where he is now, is bigger than just being part of the, being head of the Activision department. Oh, no, not not Matt Booty, um, the new guy, um, Alan Hart. Yeah, that's why I said. He's now head of Xbox Game Studios, which is inevitably... Not in, oh like, yeah, yeah, okay. It's fundamentally bigger than just being head of the Activision department. Yeah, that's true. I I do think it's going to be somewhat of a co leadership with Matt Booty in that regard, and then they yeah, get another person. It's going to be all Matt Booty at the top, and then it's going to be the subordinates like Alan Hartman and the others, all ch- tuning into him, like reporting to him, and then he reports to Sarah, and then Sarah reports to Phil. And this just sounds uh, very similar to kind of um, them hiring from one of their game studios. Because uh, this is Alan Hartman from Turn 10. This is kind of similar to um, when uh, Herman Holst took over for Sony uh, had uh, Worldwide Studios. And he was from Gorilla. So I think it's very much hiring in-house in that regard, I think, is actually very smart. Moving on. Um, speaking of Sony, VGC has this again. Uh, Sony confirms it's delayed half of its 12 planned live service games 
comes from Andy Robinson over at VGC. SIE had previously said it planned to have 12 live service titles in the market by its fiscal year ending in March 2026, up from three during its last business year ending this ended this March. However, earlier this year, PlayStation's management team confirmed that it had partnered with Destiny Studio Bungie for a, quote, rigorous portfolio review process. According to press reports, this has led to some projects being scaled back. During an earnings call on Thursday, Sony President, CEO, and CFO, Hiroki Totoki, uh, seemingly confirmed that this review had resulted in some games being pushed back due to quality concerns. We are reviewing this. We are trying as much as possible to ensure these games are enjoyed and liked by gamers for a long time. He said, of the 12 titles, six will be released by Financial Year 25. That is our current plans. As for the remaining six titles, we are still working on that. From what I can tell, is this just a net positive? Yep. Hard to say because they're still eventually going to come out and the industry is still going to be swarmed with all these live service games and 99% of them are going to flop within a year. I mean, will they come out though? Oh, I, you, think... I was just saying, you think they still come out? I think they don't. I think they're... Yeah, some some of them will. I mean, some of them might, but I don't think... Deviation I don't think you go from 12 bad. to 6 and then act like the rest of them do come out. Like, I think you're more like... Yeah. We're going 12 to 6 for the next however many years and then we hope you forget that we ever said 12 like that's all this <laughs> yeah. like we hope that you forget and we will forget because no playstation fan in the history of playstation ever there's probably someone out there but no one has ever just been like you know this playstation third person fully narrative driven games you know what i just want Fortnite actually instead I, of this. I wish, like, this, what I I wish I this was like games. forever. I wish this was the <laughs> only game I played. <laughs> like no one has ever you like PlayStation for the last decade has been winning the console wars because it's real. They've been winning the generations, they've been winning the video game space from what they've been doing with these specific genre of single player video games. Whoever's idea it was, Jim Ryan, I don't know if it was you before Thanks. you left, buddy. Whoever's idea it was <laughs> I think it's true. <laughs> decide, hey, we're really good at this, but instead let's put 60% of our budget now in live service because money. God, I forgot about that. Holy shit. <laughs> they put not, most of their budget. Ugh. It was tone deaf. It was very exactly. much like they were chasing a trend. And I think, I think this was the best outcome other than them deciding to never do it. I think this was honestly the best outcome of them sitting there. And maybe even Bungie helped a lot in this. I could see a world where like Bungie was like, looking at all like they did with factions they were looking around playstation studios and they were like are you sure like is this the route you actually want to go like to the higher higher ups of playstation they're like life service is hard and you guys are really good at doing other things like why are you wasting resources on this and like i feel like the bungee (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i i see a situation in which a lot of those games, those six games, I think they got quietly canceled. And they're just saying, like, oh, they're delayed. Now you won't remember. <laughs> because we're exactly, not... we never saw them. We never even heard of them. Exactly. So it's like if they get canceled, it's not going to affect yeah. us anymore. Can you even like, call we... them a cancel? Like, it's... No, yeah. It, it could be a situation where it's like Insomniac was making a live service uh, Spider-Man game. And then it was like, this is a waste of our resources. Let's just cancel it. And even the six... I assume, I don't know if they're putting the number, but I assume the MLB games are included in that number. And MLB is an every year product. So even then, two, two of these six, when did they say? Did they said by what year, sorry? Uh, financial year 25. 
Okay, so, so even those, so that's like two years. So even like two, there should be two of the six being MLB games. And then we have that Haven game, Fair Games. That's three. Concord, right? Games, yes. Uh, and then Concord, yes. And then, um, God, what else? There was Deviation Marathon, games. Marathon counts. Marathon that's five. Counts. Does Deviation Games count, or do you think that got canceled? I would, I would I, I think it could Because most of Deviation Games is... Uh, and, uh, the Hell yeah, that counts. Okay, so that's that's, if, that's six right there that we know of. You know what I mean? It's like those could be those that could be this next six live service games over the next two years. We know about nothing else. That sounds okay with me. If that's that like, sounds if great. it ends up being the scenario where the six games I just announced are the six games they're talking about between then and now, we're fine. And who cares about the other six? If if uh, there's more, if if there's a few more, okay, like two or three. Sure, but like I don't think we'll ever reach that twelve number that they were claiming to ever get to. I'll, I'll ask you this because this was kind of like floating around Twitter. Do you see a situation where like falling the backlash, like they kind of shift, like kind of like with factions? It seems that's shifting away from the live service models. Do you think that could happen to Fair Games and um, Concord, or do you think those are just too far along? I think they're probably, I, in my opinion, they're probably too far along. Like we've seen at least trailers, at least for Fair Games, we've seen like. Some what the actual game is uh, Concord. I don't yeah, know right. because it was a 15 second trailer of like a spaceship. Like who knows? And a burger. Concord is. And like Marathon obviously is going to be live service and like it's Bungie, so like it will probably work out. But like I doubt any of these six. Maybe a good question is the other six after this. Maybe they got turned into something else because it's also like yeah. if those are the six that we think PlayStation are talking about, who knows? Like, what happens to the rumored Horizon game that we've seen leaked gameplay of, of, like, the Monster Hunter? And, like, there's other things. Like you said, the the rumored um, Sucker Punch game, multiplayer game, and the rumored... Um, yeah. And there was that rumored Insomniac multiplayer game. Those are all, like, still rumors somewhere, so it'd be very interesting to see if those games ever came... You want to know my dream? You want to know my dream? They're just modes. They're not full games. They're not live oh, yeah. service. That should also still work. Mode. There's I no... think that's yeah, that's how they would want to position it. Is like we go back to that PS3 era where every game had a multiplayer that's mode. Right. Yeah, you could. Because clearly, it's the Uncharted. You know what I mean? Uncharted last or last or part one. We're like, you have these modes where, at the, it's almost like turning in a way, having an option to turn that really good single player experience into a live service future. Where like exactly. you have the campaign come out. If you attack this multiplayer mode, even if it's a few months later, like Ghost of Tsushima's Legends, now your game can build over a really good fan base of being a single-player product with all those fans now. People are going to come back and be like, oh, you added this multiplayer? Let me check this out. And next thing you know, if you start updating that multiplayer mode, people might be returning over and over again. That feels like the smarter way oh, to yeah. like make these quote-unquote live service games for PlayStation compared to, no, we're literally going to make 12 Fortnites or we're going to make 12 Apex Legends or, like, 12 Destinies. Like, It's it's so funny. This is the first time I've ever seen people, like, a delay announcement, like, we're delaying stuff, and everyone is, like, yes, excited yeah. about it. Because <laughs> nobody liked the live service initiative. Like, no how I had a bit of faith because I'm like, okay, if anyone could do live service, I believe in PlayStation. And then we had that PlayStation uh, showcase. I was like, never mind. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, like, I realized I'm kind of with you because I do like a fun multiplayer experience with friends. And, oh, like, and if there was a quote unquote Last of Us Factions type multiplayer experience where I could have with friends, 
across a lot of PlayStation Studios, yeah, that would be awesome in a perfect world. But that's also not what I want first. Like, it's not on my first priority. It would never be my first priority out of the PlayStation Studios. So 12 was always a number that was way too large in my mind. I'm like, 12 is a lot. Even six mm-hmm. seems a lot. Even though when we just amount, named the six on my hand, like, it it did not it's seem... Like- games and concord are those going to be good games <laughs> i'm just saying the rest of them like marathon factions like those hopefully work out but like even if fair games and concord doesn't i feel like the other four or the other three like even if they went three for three that's going to be an okay slate for them like that's that's probably what they're hoping for at least just 50 percent hit maybe even 33 percent of them hit that's a they that that was their strategy. They just had like a hey, at least if one or two of these hit, then we're happy with it. And then they're realizing just how things are to make. It's like, well, I think actually we'd probably be losing money even if one or two of them hit. So they just one decided variable to scale back. Here mm-hmm. for me is if I I hope that if PlayStation certain PlayStation Studios that have been working on like say they've been working on live service for two to three years. I really hope this didn't hinder their ability to get another project out soon because we've been in this dark space with PlayStation where we have no idea what the future's like and there hasn't been that many video games compared to the PS4 years and like the last few years. So I'm hoping like this didn't stint the already dry spot that we had another year or two because that would really suck if they're like, we're not getting live service. And because you're not getting these live service games, you're also now waiting a year or two more for our new projects like it gets really weird where it's like would you rather want a live service game for from us or would you rather us start from scratch on a new project and wait two years it's, it's tough I'm, i i have hope for playstation's future i want to have hope i love playstation despite the many pains they've given me i mean like also they gave me spider-man 2 any company that gives me spider-man 2 like i gotta give you a w for that one <laughs> So yeah, I, I I don't know. I'm with you, Fusion. I have hope. I want, in some ways, I, I want the live service future to be dead completely. That's my dream, is that all live service games are canceled. But, you know, your, your boy David Zaslov seems to think that uh, things are going to be looking good. So who knows? I'm interested to see where it goes from here. But that is everything in the news. Now we're going to talk about topic of the show. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you better. I it. saw that in the docket. I'm like, no. <laughs> Time of the show is GTA 6. We're going to talk more about that now. Uh, so we'll I'm move into. No, that game's not real. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, so we've all been playing GTA 6. I wish. I wish. Um, I, I was going to go first. Don't worry. I, next, this time next year, because at least it's a real game. If the fans exactly. haven't noticed, like this dude's really excited for this GTA game. Like, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. It's funny. Um, I don't remember. I think it was Bob who said it. It's like, man, Wolf really coming out of nowhere with this as like Rockstar simping. It's like, yeah, I had no reason to simp for Rockstar because like they didn't ha- make a new game <laughs> in like five years. Because they've been in shambles for the last decade. I mean, half a decade. Yeah. So. Yeah. Exactly. Like since Red Dead Two, it's like, okay, well, I don't, I don't really, I'm not excited. <laughs> So, but yeah. if 2023 is anything to go by, Wolf being excited for a game, though. No, this year, no, no, this year is cursed. This year is cursed. 2024, that's my year. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to see um, how that final fit. The first, like, test is going to be Rebirth. Whatever Rebirth drops. Oh, you, th- <laughs> oh, you think I'm playing that day one? No, oh, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm okay. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm day one, I'm playing Yakuza day one. I'm playing Persona day one. Oh, my God, I'm too busy. Yeah, we're going to have a good 
good 2024. I, I got some plans for how we can uh, anticipate those games. But we got to talk about what we've been playing today. And uh, I went, I've been playing some more Baldur's Gate 3. And I think I've just fully accepted how this game's going to go for me. Uh, I did the unthinkable, everyone. I put the game on easy mode. Gas. And I, I listen, okay, so I want to preface this. I beat Sekiro. This is my like lifeline is that I beat Sekiro. <laughs> you keep going back to that. I, I I'm know. good at games. No, Dark Nose. That that means you're good at games. <laughs> you beat Sekiro. That's a different no, Sekiro is no, 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 no I'm not, I'm not calling you bad. <laughs> no, 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 it's true. If you're able to beat Sekiro, you're very skilled. But Baldur's Gate 3 is a different type of difficulty compared to Sekiro. I think because Baldur's Gate you don't 3, know what the fuck's going on. <laughs> this is the Baldur's, Gate, Baldur's Gate 3 is a math man's game. If you're good at math, you're good at Baldur's Gate 3. I fucking suck at math. I hate math. And this game is so goddamn confusing for me. I don't think the combat's bad in any way. I think it's actually good. It's just very much like what I was talking about with Navi last week. It's just not for me. And putting it on easy mode has just made it so much more fun. Because literally, what they do in easy mode is all I needed. I get more health. I was so tired of going into a battle and it's like my characters are at like two health and I'm like, what the fuck am I supposed to do? <laughs> so like now it's like my Carlac is at 100 health. It's like, yes, that's the amount of health a barbarian should have instead of like 50. And I'm like, what the fuck are you you're supposed to do with 50 health? So easy mode has just been, it's still challenging. Like that's the best part about it. That's the best kind of easy mode in my opinion where it's like, oh, wait, actually for someone on my skill level who's not good at these type of games, putting it on easy mode has made it a much more interesting experience where I'm actually able to like do well in battles, but I'm still like having to think it's not just brainless. So I was going to say, sorry to cut you off. But I was going to say, yeah, I feel like you saying easy mode doesn't do like the game justice or like those type of games, tactical RPGs in general, where like easy mode, never easy compared to like another game where yeah. it's like a hack and slash game. You put it on easy. Yes. Like genuinely gets easier. Like this just makes it like in CRPGs, Easy should just be called like normal, like honestly, or just like default or uh, something where yeah, it's like it's it's called like a story mode in this game. Where it's not like you're going to still struggle and you're probably still going to die sometime because that's just how the games are like built. Like all of the all CRPGs or at least from what yeah. I've from what I've played of like the genres where it's like easy is never easy compared to the other easy games like if you put on if Stekro had a difficulty quote unquote and you were like, I'm gonna throw this on easy. Like they're not the same difficult yeah. levels i guess it's just like my personal like thing coming in just like ah i don't play games on easy like i usually play on hard you're playing on ego is hurt. my no my ego is hurt <laughs> but it's, it's very much an ego thing i was uh, i was like, actually interested it's like i wonder what the platinum is for this game and it's like beat the game on hard mode it's like nope <laughs> but yeah you should turn up to hard for like one fight and see what happens i i don't even want to think about that yeah i had some friends who played the entire game on hard mode and it would are they are they like hell. are they like valedictorians in math like what the hell <laughs> they're like uber D fans okay okay so nerds <laughs> i say this as i'm hosting a video games podcast but hey you know what but no i, I in regards to combat like i am like actually having a much more fun time with it but i think the more, big thing i really am enjoying the story and characters a lot like i am very invested in what's going on apparently i accidentally got to the end of act two as uh, Bench specified, <laughs> like I was at the end of Act Two, which is surprising because I just didn't feel like that. Um, but yeah, I guess I was at the end of Act Two, so I, I think I am close to beating the game, which is surprising in and of itself. 
I heard Act 3 is pretty long, so um, we'll see where it comes from there. But yeah, no, I, I'm thoroughly enjoying this game. I could tell why people uh, view it as a Game of the Year contender, because like, just, the, just the production value of this game is on another fucking level. Like, the, like just for years, we have been gaslit by RPG developers that is like, well, we can't make um, a big RPG like look good because, you know, there's so many systems. This game's like, no, fuck you. You can make the game look good. You can make the voice acting good. The character models not look like Play-Doh. All of that is like top tier quality. And it's a big old RPG. It's a huge game. It's like, apparently it's not <laughs> an impossible task anymore. It's like, I don't know. I just like, listen, if Baldur's Gate 3 had all this plus Sekiro combat, this would be the greatest <laughs> game of all time. But That's then it wouldn't be an RPG. It wouldn't be a tactical RPG. Listen, you can. Who cares? <laughs> it's a game of the year contender, but in no way should it win because it doesn't deserve to win. Bro is so fucking He's salty. Like, like, he like is so salty. Yeah, uh, the like, Golden Joystick <laughs> Award did not agree with today, by the way. Golden Joystick Award. Won. Golden Joystick Awards have always been wrong. Ever since Fallout 4 was ineligible in 2015, it wouldn't have won, but it was so stupid that it was ineligible. Why was it not eligible? Did it come out too late? They're doing an award show in in November. Early November. November. We make fun of the TGAs for being in December while these fuckers have been getting away with it for years. (laughs) November is crazy. It's so weird. That's what you get for like flying under the radar. You get all. You don't get all the criticisms. Yeah, really. Uh, But yeah, no. Balls get three is a game of the year contender. I, I think it. It has a chance of winning. It, it, I've seen, I've been saying some things. It's like, it seems like, it looks like Baldur's Gate 3 is the favorite to win the Game Awards right now. I, I still think well, I could see, because a lot of I critics swear. are voting for it, and I could see I'm the critics say, leaning towards, here's something different. It's like, here's instead of another Zelda, it's like, here's something just a little different. Here's a CRPG that's top quality. It's like, let's give that the game of the year. I could see them pulling it, something like that. It has so many flaws. Zelda does not. Wait, wait, wait. Zelda has flaws. <laughs> so, that's Zelda. all Zelda fans. Every Zelda fan's like this game. Yeah, exactly. No, I, it's Every my Zelda game of the person. year. It's my game of the year. It has flaws. <laughs> but that's the thing. We were talking about that Gene Park um, tweet earlier where he was talking about Tears of the Kingdom and how he thought it's a race between Baldur's Gate 3 and Alan Wake 2. He's and it's kind of thing, That's okay. crazy. It's kind of the thing where, it's, where Moon was talking about where there's a lot of critics that weren't expecting Baldur's Gate 3, so it came out of nowhere. And when a game that, quote-unquote, apparently is this good hits you out of nowhere, it's a different type of game where everyone knew how good Tears of the Kingdom was going to be. Every single person sat there and they're like, this is a 10 out of 10. Like, it's coming and it's going to be a 10 out of 10. Like, everyone knew it was going to be a 10 out of 10. Baldur's Gate 3 came out of nowhere in a genre that doesn't get a lot of love ever. And it just absolutely wiped the floor, apparently, in a lot of the categories. Like It's actually, yeah, that game literally came out of nowhere. <laughs> like, I it saw came out some of nowhere. excitement I around. One like, of the early access people, or yeah. ha- like Bear Sex, like, you weren't thinking about Baldur's Gate until, like, it, it was here. Yeah, it was like, there was only a big push for it, like, maybe a month or two out from release. Yet it's been in early access for, like, what, five, six years or something like that. And yeah, all of a sudden it got like this mass general audience appeal out of nowhere. It was even before the Bear Six thing. The Bear Six was like the 
the final nail in the coffin to make sure this was a success. But there was already talk of it like before that. It and it literally did come out of like just one day. Everyone's just talking about this game called Baldur's Gate three, and I'm like, where? What happened to one and two? I never heard of these games. I, I had a friend who fucking hates RPGs, but he loves Baldur's Gate three. It's currently his game of the year, and it just shows. It's like this game is getting like wide of praise from every sector of the gaming industry. It's very clear. Like this is, I don't know. I think I'm kind of leaning towards it being the game of the year. I here's the thing. I would rather it wins game of the year than Zelda. Zelda got its award in 2017. No! It's probably, Zelda's still my game of the year, but I think it'd be a cooler story if Baldur's Gate 3 won here. Let's That's all say, I think. The, the peak today for Baldur's Gate 3 was still over 150,000 players on Steam. That's not normal yeah. for a single-player video game. But like it's not insane. as good as people say it is. No one That's in it. your opinion. Dude, you're, you're only <laughs> yelling out an opinion. You haven't elaborated on this. Thing. I know. We're, we're, only, yeah. we're only throwing out opinions. Do you want me to elaborate on it? No, because as you're going to spoil, spoil it. No, he can't keep his mouth closed when it comes to spoilers, so no. But watch. I'm going to get it to act three, and I'm going to love it. Watch. It's <laughs> the fact that you're only yelling out it's a, your opinion on it's not as good, but we're trying to give you the evidence on why we think it's going to win. The Steam player counts. The Golden Joyce award it just took home six no awards. no okay I i'm not gonna cite golden joysticks <laughs> i don't i refuse I, to I, acknowledge i understand them. that but if you look at the history usually all the same game awards it's the same game always wins i'm not saying 99 i'm saying 90 percent of the time whatever wins at the golden joystick awards and the rest of those shows the dice award whatever they're called it's almost always the same as tga Zelda it deserves it so much more than Baldur's Gate. It's not a conspiracy, it's just all the same critics. <laughs> like, it's the same they're, critics. They're the, the same people. <laughs> like, so, you know what I mean? Zelda like, deserves it so much You more. keep saying that. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying it because you, you love Zelda, and that's okay, Bench. But, like, there's a, for every person who says Zelda deserves it, there's going to be another person that says Baldur's Gate deserves it. Y'all are it. defending Baldur's, Baldur's Gate, but you haven't played it. We're not. Def I'm not defending Baldur's Gate. I'm defending I, the society we live in. Like, okay, okay, okay. I play. Like, we're defending Gate. what critics tend to think, and critics tend yes, to think I'm differently to defend than the, the critical. I, that's what I'm trying to defend. I'm trying to defend yeah, yeah. the critical <laughs> side of what's about to go into this decision. Here's here's my evidence. Um, here's my evidence. Zelda's my game of the year. Guess what? I think Baldur's Gate three deserves it ten times more. They won that award in 2017. <laughs> like I don't know. I just don't. I think it again. it's. A it's a more interesting story. Also, you have to be delusional if you think that game has no flaws. I'm sorry. <laughs> Tears of the Kingdom is a flawed game. I love it, but come on. I am very excited to see. We're going to be looking at a lot of discourse. Uh, They're winning it back this combo when I played the Twitter game later in ben the year. Bench, bench is, bench is going to leave the podcast when Ball's Game 3. So, look to that. Mark it on your calendars. It's going to be an exciting day. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, like, oh, no, it's, it's, oh, I'm like not... really glad that our show records the day after the Game Awards, so it's going to be fresh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> game Game Awards nominees are getting revealed Monday. Yeah, I got some plans oh, for how we yes. can handle that. I'm excited. My last thing is, I understand you want Zelda to win, and deservingly so, Binks. But like, I don't care about another Nintendo game winning Game of the Year. Like. Larian has been making great video games, and they've never, ever been on the map. They've never had a game even up there for Game of the Year. Sure, so, you, can make, you can make all the underdog like arguments. However, as someone who has beaten the game, I don't think it deserves Game of the Year. I, like, it's not even in my top be... five or top six. I think it, sorry, I, I just have a... Hopefully we can do a food coma eventually where I can really dig into my flaws in the game. 
but I think Zelda deserves it so, so, so much more because that game is so much better. But here's the thing, though. You're not one of the critics voting. Yeah, right. I, don't, I, I can be upset if it's a win, though. <laughs> yeah, when, That's why I write. I'll tell you right now, when it wins, I'm going to turn off the Discord for a bit. It's like, I don't want to hear Bench's uh, incoherent. <laughs> it's yeah, like, funny because you guys... I was thinking for how much for months I've been saying it's bothers me it's going to win, but I feel like the more I say it, the more like Tears of Kingdom's just going to win. <laughs> like it yeah, just seems no, like it's, it's, it's like just the depressing truth. It's like it, it there's it's still a good chance of it winning. It's it's like fans are weirdos. I will say I don't understand the Alan Wake is going to win argument because it's still just Baldur's Gate and Tears. No, like but, the argument that it's between Baldur's Gate and Alan Wake too. No, it's not. It's not Alan that's delusional. Really, really good, but I, I, I don't think that's that it's, it's just it's just not at the Baldur's Gate and Tears of the Kingdom level. Which I, I think I just, that, that one's interesting. That game, that, that, honestly, I think that game is really special. But man, that gameplay sucks. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's just not one. My main, my main thing with the Tears of the Kingdom is there's just a lot of people disregarding it because it came out in May and are like not giving it the credit it deserves for what it delivered upon and that just that's what upsets me well that's the thing is that here's my argument is that people gave it that credit in 2017 tears of the kingdom at the end of the day again game of the year at the end of the day it's just improved breath of the wild very much improved breath of the wild but it's just improved breath of the wild and i disagree well thanks for my this is kind of like I feel we're going down the way I feel this goes. I don't think it's as close as it was last year, but this gives me God of War Ragnarok versus Elden Ring. Oh yeah, no, I I want you to know I, this I would have been benched if this was God of War Ragnarok. Exactly. Like, <laughs> I, because it, like me last year, I was very much in the bench category where like I was like I I really want God of War Ragnarok to win. Like I just really wanted that game to win. I think Ragnarok no, yes, yes, won. But that's another. But it's the point where. Ragnarok honestly never had a chance, like ever. Oh, I don't yeah, think no really ever had a chance. And other one was always going to win that award. Deserving. It's that far. I think it's a little closer, but part of me kind of feels the same way. Where like Tears of the Kingdom feels like Elden Ring in this situation, where even though there's this late push towards Baldur's Gate, and Baldur's Gate still has a really good chance to win, it feels like once the tides roll over, Tears of the Kingdom will get. There'll be enough Nintendo fans that have the Tears of the Kingdom just as their number one compared to Baldur's Gate fans at their number one. It's going to be interesting, is all I know. I'll just say yeah. they made the right choice last year. <laughs> uh, I will say it's going to be... I mean, it's going to be like Red Dead, God of War 2018, and Elden Ring, and God of War, Ragnarok. Yo, last year. Okay. One of the games was... is going to get all the awards, and then the other one's going to win. Yo, that was fucking bullshit, by the way. I'm still mad about that. Fuck it. No way in hell is God of War 2018 better than Red Dead Redemption 2. All right? <laughs> like, it's just one of them's going to get fucking all the awards, Clint. and then one of them's going to get the big award. That's just He's... how it normally works. Oh, my God. You don't understand. Okay, you don't understand how pissed off I was when, like, Red Dead 2 was winning all these awards because it's, like, one of the greatest games of all time. And the people were like, Oh, they're so stupid! I, was I like how people. Wolf went so high pitch, his microphone cut out. Sorry, about it's so that. funny because I was. Can, like, I, can I talk Wolf about Red Dead Two then? Can I? Can I start talking about? Wait, Red wait, Dead? Fusion, Fusion. Wait, what were you gonna say? No, that was it. I was gonna say you would have hated me in 2018. Whoa! Oh, you! <laughs> <laughs> oh, yet again! God damn it! <laughs> 
Ben's talking about Red Dead 2, so I can talk about something cool. Well, I'll talk about my other games before I can talk about Red Dead 2. So I'll talk briefly. (laughs) I beat Paper Mario 64. Very good game. Lots of charm. I beat Pikmin 3 Deluxe. Just everything about the Pikmin games that's very good and just very much... It's the most refined Pikmin game. So I'm excited to check out 4. And then I started Star Ocean 2 Remake. I'll kind of... We'll wait until Moon also talks about that to touch on that more. But I also did start Red Dead Redemption 2 and I'm about 5 hours in. And this game is just... It's, I'm at the point where it's just so overwhelming lit, because, like, the immersion is, like, crazy. Like, you're in a cowboy town. Like, you bump into someone, and they try and shoot you, and that's, like, oh cool God, as hell. it's so good! But, oh, then, but, then, but then, like, someone reports you because they just, like, accidentally die, and you didn't kill them. So then you're suddenly just, like, on the run, where you have to, like, pay off your bounty. And it's just, like, the, uh, shit can hit the fan, like, every... You never know when shit's gonna hit the fan. Like, I got jumped by a ton of dudes and lost my best horse, and it's frustrating with us. It's like, I mean, it makes sense because I was one versus, like, eight, so it's not like, it doesn't make sense for me to be able to take them all on, if you know what I mean, without, like, actually being smart about it. So I just thought that was very cool. Yeah. And, like, I need to know who Dutch's actor is, because he just, like, takes the screen whenever he appears. He's just, like, so good. He was in Guardians 3. That guy is a fucking... Like he is one of the best, man. I, Rockstar somehow—I don't know how they fucking do it. Every time they just always get the best actors. They just somehow like get these actors that I've never heard of. It, where all these other games is like, oh, I'll just go with Troy Baker again. But then you just see it's like, yeah, this is um some guy called uh, Ned Luke who plays Michael DeSanta, and he's a fucking legend at this role. And it's like it's so he, they make it look so easy. And it, I just don't know how every other game developer doesn't take after them in that regard. Like, Rockstar is just on another level. Yeah, and so I did a legendary hunt, and that was cool as hell. I killed a giant bear, and he, like, tried to almost kill me, so that was crazy. And just exploring the world is very, just very fun, because you just kind of, like, you're just taking it all in whenever you're riding your horse around. You move at a slower pace, but also kind of, like, you kind of want to move at that slower pace because if you move too fast, you're not going to be able to take in the world around you. So I'm really enjoying that and kind of like exploring the map because I've only like I'm around Valentine chapter two, so it's kind of not much going on. It's like every slutty. time I, yeah, it's a slow burn. Yeah, so like my time... point... I'm sorry, I just like go. real quick. So my deal with the slowness, it, what I love about Red Dead Two, my issue with a lot of games with immersive elements. Call this for Rockstar. I'm extremely biased for Rockstar. Okay, we could tell. <laughs> but my viewpoint is very much that Red Dead Two takes that to another level. So many games are like, "Oh, this is an immersive element," but everything else is like actually video gamey. So like, it's just the immersive element just comes off as like a slow aspect of the game where it's like, "I wish you would just make a video game instead." Rockstar say, "No, this is an experience. This is a game you're going to like sit down and you're going to live in this world." They force you to live in that world in such a way that no other game developer does. And I, I, no other game is as immersive as Red Dead Redemption 2. It wants you to live in that world, and I fucking adore it for that. Because every aspect of that game is so finely crafted. Like, just going to a shop and then looking at the catalog and, like, grabbing something off the shelf that you want to buy. Like, stuff like that is, like... I so excited to see what they do with gta 6 where i don't think they're going to go nearly as immersive as they did with red dead 2 but i'm just let me go into a coffee shop in that game like i am so god i love rockstar so yeah and then i mean 
and pretty much the overwhelmingness is every time I do a main story thing now, it's kind of they're just introducing something new that's like extremely immersive, and I kind of like I'm not having a whole lot of time to catch up with what I have. So it's just like there's a lot of systems in place, and I need to get a, a grasp around those systems and really like start to tackle the world because the world, the map's absolutely freaking massive, and I'm like only touched this feel like I stretched the surface of that. And also the bounties are very fun, so very positive on Red, Red Dead 2 so far. That Right now the story is a very slow burn. That fucking story. There is no other game with a story that good. <laughs> like, it is very rare for a game to have writing on that level, which is like, man, Dan Hauser leaving him. I wonder what that means, because God, that game is so good. <laughs> As you can tell. Like, oh, yeah. They're kind of introducing each, like, core member of like i don't know the name of the gang yet but kind of like the family okay you're like the family unit of the gang so and that's like interesting so i hope they kind of like flesh out all those characters and stuff so yeah very good it's it's, they're definitely going to it's you're in for a ride as long as you stick with it (laughs) um but yeah i love that game um but that's everything bench player playing moon how about you uh so speaking of slow burns uh so I finished Dusant, which after I gave uh, my little spiel of it last week, and got a lot of good reception about that. Like, I apparently convinced a couple people to play Dusant, so that was fun. Yeah, um, now I want to play Dusant. <laughs> You're convincing me. <laughs> yeah, so after that, I it was like the last two chapters or so I had to do it. For, sadly, like, here's the one downside. Chapters 4 and 5 are like the best chapters for interesting climbing areas, and they were also the shortest. Like, I blew through those in like I don't even know how quickly. Chapter 3 was stupidly long, but then I just got in Chapter 4. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. I want more of this. And they're like, oh, we had a giant cutscene. We're now in like in a completely different area for Chapter 5. <laughs> chapter 5 is just one big tower. It's like, it's not even a mountain. It's a tower. It's like a giant obelisk. And, and you do the final cutscene and game's over. And that was it. And I'm like, well, that was neat. But I, it almost like I wanted a little bit more. Like I was glad it was over because I'm like, yay, I gave, beat a game. But I was like, but those last two chapters were so cool and interesting with their climbing. Because uh, one of the big things with chapter four is uh, it was an introduction of wind and windmills and uh, windmills to climb on. So you were grabbing on the windmills as they were spinning around. I'm like, oh, this is actually really cool. Uh, but it, it, it didn't last long. <laughs> um, yeah, that's always the thing where some games just feel like way shorter than they could have been. I definitely feel like this is the appropriate size or length for this game as a whole. But the inconsistent chapter sizes is what's getting me. Especially when you have like such cool things introduced such later on in the game. Uh, but then I started up, I got it wrapped up into the hype for Star Ocean, and I started that. And at first I wasn't really feeling it. Now I'm a couple hours in, I'm starting to feel a little bit more. But I don't think I'm the biggest fan of the combat. Uh, it definitely got a little bit better once I got an extra party and some new spells. But... It was so weird. I started on easy because I'm just like, you know, this is a long JRPG. I don't want to be grinding and all this shit. Uh, so I put it on easy. easy. And th- it got, it was stupid easy. Like I was beating everything in one, two punches. So I'm like, okay, let's crank it up to normal. And then normal is a little bit better. But then you get to a certain point, you get to the next city, and suddenly there's a massive spike in difficulty. So I'm like, oh, okay, I got to take it back down to easy again. <laughs> And even oh on easy, God. I'm still getting wrecked in a couple of fights, depending on the enemy. There's this one damn witch who has a one-shot kill move spell, where she opens... It's like fucking... um, What's that 
moving Pokemon that's like an earthquake that's a one-hit KO. It's literally, she opens up the ground and if oh, you fall... Fissure, yeah. If you touch this fissure in the battlefield, you would die in one hit. Oh, it yeah, the so, eruption. Yeah, it is so that, stupid, and I get shit. hit by it all the time. Yeah, that sucks. Um, uh, so, yeah, even on easy, you're still getting hit by that shit. Uh, but the story is fun so far. Fun might be a bit... It's interesting. I'll call it interesting. It's definitely old. Are, yeah. It, it, they're pretty much what you expect them to be. Now, Grant, we have to accept that this is a game from 1998. So the writing isn't going to be the strongest suit of this game. But it is good for what it is so far, and it's definitely a slow burn. You're just slowly getting more and more. But the standout... Oh my god, the standout of this game is the world map and just yeah. the the set pieces. It's so funny. I don't know if this was in the original game. I hope, I think it's even funnier if it was added into this, into the remake and it wasn't in the original, but there's like certain locations in like cities and other points of interest where you just kind of go into the like camera moves a little bit and you just kind of just take in the scenery and it's like, please admire what we worked on. That's how I feel every time I do one of these things. It's like, please admire this nice city that we built or this nice landscape with a waterfall. It's like, please admire. We'll give you some 500 EXP for all your characters when you do. <laughs> so yeah, I mean. So it's just kind of funny to me. That's like, yeah, they're really proud of this scenery and uh, pretty much the environments. And they should be. It's absolutely gorgeous on my PlayStation 5 and OLED TV. It's ooh, so good. I have been told that it kind of picks up a little I, later on. I can see one it picking event, up. Yeah, one event did happen that kind of like, okay, I want to see where this is going. I know what you're talking, what you know what I'm talking about, dude. And that was that was kind of like out of nowhere, but in a good way. Okay. Was it the one that I've already done? Because I know you're... Yeah, you, you mentioned it the other night. Okay, yeah. That was a cool event. That was actually like how it was done, not done, how it was done animated and how you interact mm -hmm. with the scene. I won't spoil it. It's really cool. And I don't think I've ever seen anything like that in a video game before. Just the way you interact with it was pretty cool. Um, the way they built it up with you, like going around the town and stuff, and kind of getting more invested in that. And so. what's funny is there's this thing called uh, private action, where the party disbands within a city, and you can go talk to each individual party member to have like a one-on-one -on -one conversation. And if you don't do the PA in this one town, you don't get like the biggest hint that this event is about to happen. Like you can completely miss that, and this event just kind of comes out of nowhere, which I find kind of neat. Um, so there's definitely a lot of interesting elements of, of this game, and I'm very interested. The length of it is daunting to me, but I'm I'm dedicated. <laughs> it's just the combat needs to even itself out a little bit more because it's so chaotic. Because you're in this little battlefield, and when it's like wizards and whatnot casting spells all the time, it's hard to dodge. <laughs> like the physical attackers, you can see them coming. With their attacks? No, all the magic spellcasters will say, fuck you, I'm blasting you with a firebolt from across the map. One-shot you if it's a fissure. Um, but besides that, I am, I still say, for the most part, I am still enjoying it. I will, I'll be sure to tune you all in, because I'm pretty sure I'll be playing this for a couple of weeks, because I think it's like around 40 hours, 40 to 50 hours for this game, for just the main story. So I'll be here for a while. As a remake... Would that be a goatee consent? <laughs> I know. That's, up that, uh, we're going to have this conversation so much. <laughs> Let's not go there. Come on, guys. Save that for the actual <laughs> award ceremony. All right. Well, if that's everything, that's everything you're playing. Batman. Yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm just, that's probably all you're going to be hearing from me for a while. <laughs> hey, I'm excited. Uh, Dirk, how about you? 
So, I've with the announcement of um, well, not the announcement was from that teaser trailer from Mass Effect. I wanted to get back into the games again, so I went through the Legendary Edition, which is for the most part has been new to me because I haven't played through it before. I played through just the base versions. Oh my dude, it is so yeah, much so the Legendary. Legendary. Edition is fucking phenomenal. I, mean, I don't know how they improved on the original games, but they did. If you haven't played Mass Effect, go play the Legendary Edition. I think it's like $10 on Steam right now, too, which is insane. <laughs> but yeah, besides that, I haven't been up too much. Yeah, man, Mass Effect is always a good time. It's always worth going back to those games. You know, especially the ones that are real. Sorry, sorry, man, I'll stop. You're looking but you know. Why am I always catching strays? Speaking of catching strays, you've been playing stray. Man, imagine that would be such a good time. That would have been a great... I should have played it. I can act like I'm playing it. Yeah, I played it for like 40 minutes. I know the story by heart. We can act. Uh, no, but what have you been playing, Fusion? I have been playing and beat Alan Wake 2. Yeah, now I'm excited to hear your thoughts because Which... uh, I, you saw me and uh, me, me and Alan are chill now, but there was a uh, definitely chill now. But there was a time where there was a lot of turmoil for a moment. Yeah. <laughs> very, Who's very that? strong. I forget, Moon. Did you start or have you not bought the game? Are you buying the game? Uh, Moon hasn't played it. Okay. Yeah, you yeah, ignored me right now. So... Okay. okay. <laughs> I don't think oh. right now, but no, I, I I'm the only one. Okay, I was just, just yeah, wondering. Right. Yeah, this is being being the spoiler. This is my game of the year, and I don't <laughs> think wow, I don't think a game will beat it. Like I can't see. I don't know what else I could play this year that I'm going to Mario do, RPG. Mario, Mario RPG. RPG. It's a remake. It won't be on my <laughs> remake. <laughs> it won't be on my list. My personal list Mario remake will not be on it. Mario one there maybe um it's okay, very you don't much... have to you don't have to humor me <laughs> but yeah <laughs> Get to it. it's um yeah kind of surprising especially coming off spider-man i was so like i thought for sure like okay spider-man 2 was going to be the game of the year like for me personally it did everything it needed it to but alan wake 2 is special like in my opinion like special where it's like maybe my favorite horror game of all time okay it's my favorite <laughs> right. I think it. Fusion and I are going to play Silent Hill 2 at some point. True, true, true. It does things that no other game. Like, it's not getting enough credit for what it's doing with, like, the changing of the environments over, like, a flip flick of a button. I'm changing the environment, like, with the lights. Or, like, the mind place is so cool. The mind place, I can just press my button. That's all. Press my controller, the touchpad on the. Dual sense. Next thing I know, I'm in this own little mind space where I'm trying to think of a case, and like it's all just naturally like so fast and so fluent. And like I understand, I'm not saying it didn't get enough critically responses because it did because it got like in the it's 90s got way and like more it's than, gotten a few. It got, yeah, I'll just say it got more than a shit, in my opinion. <laughs> well, that's the story for another day. But like, <laughs> it is the I think it's the best remedy game they've made. I know you like Control still better, but as someone who is a Control super fan, Alan Wake 2 is in my top 25 games of all time. Like, point blank. Damn. Alan Wake 2 is a phenomenal experience. And I'm happy to talk about once we do, like, a food coma and actually get into the meat of it. But, like, it is 
it's just so good. And I think everyone, whether you like horror or not, should at least try the game when it's on sale or something because... I'm hoping it's on sale so I can play it through December. Just like I think, I think you would show. really like it. I think there's a. Gosh, it's gonna get lost in that game, though. I, I don't know. It, I know it is. No, I don't think it's that bad. Like, there's not. There was times where I'm like kind of running in circles, but that's kind of was like the point of the like certain missions where it's like you're supposed no, to say do the things point and... of the game. I, mean, I, mean, I would say I say that about Red Dead too, so I can't. <laughs> yeah, never yeah, mind. you like chapter five. Anyways, um, <laughs> it's a good chapter. Okay, whatever. Continue. Continue. <laughs> it's um visually stunning performance. I had no issues. Like it is the full package of like what a video game should release as. Like there's no, I did not run into any game breaking bugs. I did hear there's some bugs and glitches that people ran into, but like me personally, I didn't run into any issues. Remedy, Sam Lake is a genius. Like Sam Lake just needs to make more video games. Like Sam Lake is so smart. There's a certain mission in this game that I'm not going to name it. Oh, we know. (laughs) It's so good. Like, I mean, so fantastically good. It gives off the asteroid maze from like control, like those vibes. I I just think (laughs) it's not as good. It's not, okay. even, no, it's not so much better. It's not as good, but it's a very no. Good wait, wait. Okay, okay. Here's my. No, continue. I want you to continue thoughts before I go. Um, what was I about to say? I think it's like I just think. I think I love the characters. I know you weren't as big on Saga. I love Saga. I love Casey. Oh, I like, like Saga. I, okay. I wasn't thinking. I love, what I like. Like. I love Casey. I love Alan. Like I love it. This game. I liked Alan Wake as a character, and the story of Alan Wake won a lot. My issues was always with gameplay. But, like, this game made me like Alan Wake a lot. Like, there was something... I wish... I kind of wish I played Alan Wake 1 in 2010 so I could feel what those fans, like, those super fans, are feeling when Alan Wake 2, like, dropped. Because it felt like an entire love letter to the Alan Wake fans. Like, it just felt... Like, the connection with Alan and, like, everything and his his emotions with his family and, like, everything Alan's going through, it genuinely felt like 13 years <laughs> has passed, like, in the game and in real life. It just, like, I don't know. They did, like, a fantastic job. I think this is, like, what's what's the word I'm looking for? The the magnum opus for Remedy? Magnum opus, yeah. That's a like, I think that they're breaking well, out moment, in a way. Yeah, they're breaking out moment, kind of where... I feel like Remedy was always, they always made really good games, but they were never like, they were always just considered, hey, this weird studio is making this really cool game. Like, check it out. But now I feel like people are going to be like, hey, you have to like look out for Remedy. Like, Remedy's a studio where it's like, Remedy's the top of the line. They know what they're doing type stuff. I know, like, like you, like I would say, there's, I, I do have some cons. Like, I think. I think I backtracked a little too much, and I think the entire inventory space, I think some modern-day horror games fix a lot of the inventory issues that Alan Wake has, where it's like, I don't like how my weapons take up inventory slots. I know that's probably maybe a personal thing, but like I wish, oh, weapons, were, <laughs> I wish weapons were on a wheel so I could just carry all my weapons. I hate having to decide what weapons I want, which I understand it's the survival horror. It makes sense that way. But I also, my biggest con is, if I want to pick something up and I can't because my inventory is full. So many games now let you transfer that item to your storage, which I know it doesn't make sense, that much sense as a survival horror game, but I wish I could just click a button and I might not be able to pick up this battery now, but at least let me send it to my storage instead of not being able to grab it. Like that's, that's just annoying. That's a quality of life. Yeah. I feel like. Didn't even Resident Evil 4 
remake isn't that a thing of remake i'm pretty sure where like you can just um, send stuff directly to your storage darkwood now dark, yeah darkwood now <laughs> i'm not gonna that'd be that'd be back in march are you here in the live um i'm trying to think of that minute that minute you're asking about a specific mechanic in a game that came out in March. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess. But I'm pretty sure, like even Resident Four, like if you say you wanted to get one of the one of the herbs and you didn't have room, you could directly send it to storage. So you still can no. mess with it until you got you back. Can't. No. You can't? No. Okay. Yeah. I don't know no, what horror game. I, there was a horror game recently. Yeah. I don't know. That, I don't know which one. Dead Space. Maybe that's what I was. That was my maybe, but maybe even, it was Dead Space. That sounds familiar. Okay. I think it was Dead Space. Okay, now, I knew it was something I played this year horror wise. Where it was like, and this is why it was Dead a really Space cool is better feature. than Resident Evil Four. I I, I oh, agree. Okay. That's a different story. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> don't, why do you hate Japanese games, Fusion? I'm, I, I think I I'm gonna start like doing this now. We're gonna start doing this. But like, you don't like Japanese. <laughs> and the sound design, like sound, is one of the biggest things a game no one talks about. And Alan Wake Two is the best sound design I've played all year. Like the sounds in this game are just. It's, I don't know, it's just so I good. I think was talking about Dead Space for sound design for Dead, a while. Dead Space has really good sound design, too, but like I'm not going to keep riding on it, but like it's it's just a really good game. It is my game of the year. I don't see anything else that I can get to this year beating it, and I'm very happy that Remedy in 2019, Control was my game of the year. It's funny that four years later, another Remedy game is becoming my game of the year. It's Maybe it's because me super loving Remedy games. There's some people that won't like Alan Wake 2, and that's fine, but I feel like Alan Wake 2 is that game where like, if it clicks, it's going to be really, really special. But if it doesn't click, it's still a good game that you're just going to be like, hey, that was good. Kind of like you, Wolf, where you're like, I don't think it was special, but it was a good game. Like, I feel like that's I, so, yeah. how a so, lot of people would do. But if it clicks, it's going to be a very special game of the year type game for you. So here's my thing. I actually do think it's a special game. I think from a, you look at that game and what it's trying to do, I think it is very fascinating in that way. I think I was very harsh on it in the beginning, but I did overall find my way of loving it and really appreciating what it had. That gameplay, man, it is not good. It's just not a fun game. And I like I'm just shocked because control was so much fun to play. And you know me, I'm a gameplay guy. And I say this because as Red Ted 2 guy. Listen, I'm yeah. just gonna give Rockstar a pass. I give Rockstar a pass. They get a pass. You're just <laughs> but, out a lot of passes. I know. He, he, no, he Rockstar really and Kojima. <laughs> Rockstar, Kojima, and FromSoft—they could punch me in the face, and I'm fine with it. But I no, think... my view—it's just not a fun. Like Alan Wake Two, I sw- my issue is like I fucking hate flashlighting enemies. Like, why am I doing that? Every enemy in this game, it's like flashlight and then shoot. It's like why? I, di- I disagree <laughs> there though, a... because a lot of the enemies you didn't—that was my thing. Because I I did not like that mechanic in Alan Wake One, but a lot of the a lot like the cult members, a lot of the pl- things in Alan Wake Two, the flashlight was really not that important. There were some where that you obviously hundreds had to the shadows, for example, like you had to. But like, what is different between this gameplay other than the flashlight and Resident Evil games, modern Resident Evil games? It's a lot. T- Resident Evil is a lot tighter. I think the controls yeah, are I did- feel. Though they feel a lot better in Resident and Evil I, than I, this game. I disagree. I like the way Alan Wake characters control. I like having more like I'm. It feels more loose when I'm controlling these characters compared to Leon felt so stiff in Resident Evil Four Remake to me. That is crazy. That's the thing though. Is that... The original. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> oh, that's why I like that game. But the, the, the stiffness adds to just like kind of the survival horror aspect of it. I played this game and it just feels so loose. And the shooting just feels so like archaic. Like I don't, 
I don't know. I don't feel that sense of like intensity in the shooting. I and again, I'm gonna like fight this until the end of the day. I think this game is not scary at all. I think they. It, I was like, I went back and lo- looked at the original like Game Awards announcement, and like you see Sam Lake there, National Treasure, who was very much like, yeah, we went to survival horror. Like this game's gonna be scary. I play this game. It is not fucking scary. It is just jump scares. It is I just think it's scary for scary. a lot of people. I think you're just. I think, different. No, they're chicken. I think yeah, the don't worry, Wolf. I'll be joining you on the not scary. The part. atmosphere is fantastic. Yeah. That's like one of the big pros. Of, like the atmosphere in this game is fantastically made. Like it's. The- it's good. Like that's my thing. I think this game is extremely solid. I could and like there's so many special moments. It's an eight. Like I don't see this game as a nine. I really don't. And neither definitely not a ten. I just don't see or that. It's not a ten. I, I not, but if it's okay, for me, it's fine. Well, nothing it's is a ten nine. for you. That's unfair. <laughs> that's an unfair metric. It only has like what five, ten out of ten. Yeah, like it's a very, on. it's a very strong nine. I never thought. It's just like. Well, again, once more people are playing and we can talk more about the Fukoma, I just think narratively, excited, yeah. this game goes in places that a lot of video games will never touch. Like in a... Oh, for sure. It's too... We can't play... They have to play it safe. Remedy has never cared, kind of like you about Rockstar, how they do their own thing. Remedy does not care about playing their game safe. And that's why I love it. Because they go into a narrative and they go full wacky and they go full weird and they go full, like, push the boundaries of, like... Video games don't talk about these topics, but we're throwing it into our games because we know how to do it well. And like Remedy did this over and over and over again in Alan Wake 2. Like there's grief and emotions and just tons of things where it's like on a surface level, if you're not looking deep enough, you might miss them. But if you're actually paying attention to the environment changes, and like, I mean, well, (laughs) but it's like you're paying attention to the environment changes and everything happening around you, it's creating this special narrative that's truly being told and it's. I'm so excited for the expansions. We'll just, I will end it at that. Just like, hopefully. I mean, that goes into like kind of my last issue is that it, that ending, we can talk about way more in the food come up, but man, it really did feel like expansion bait. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, this does not feel satisfying. I understand you, you're more into those open-ended endings, but like, I don't know. I looked at it. I was like, ah, you, you wait 13 years for this. And then I got to wait another year for an expansion. It's a little weird in that regard. Let's be. Just make, just know it's. I think everyone like the fact that Bop, friend of the show and on the show a lot, doesn't like okay. horror games and he's about to complete it. I think that says a lot. <laughs> Bop was going through it. <laughs> he was in the trenches more than I was. <laughs> yeah, dude. I, I, again, it's like it's just okay. You know, I, I say it's just jump scares. By the way, guys, uh, funny story. I only get scared by two games: Silent Hill Two and FNAF. Yeah. Is so it don't... just jump scares. Yes. <laughs> I don't know me because <laughs> it's not the jump scares, man. You don't understand. It's when you look at the fucking camera and Bonnie's looking at you. That shit's scary. I. It is. <laughs> okay. Uh... Oh, God. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, Two is but, very good. Very. I think everyone a, here should game. play it at some point. I think. I. I really. I I think it's a game that you're going to actually sit here and a year late, like a year from now, you're going to be like, man, oh, I like sure. that one too more than I thought I actually did. Like I feel Dude, like in a, you're going to in that. a week. Yeah, my my opinion of sitting on it, like it's definitely going to go yeah. like it's. The, I don't know. It's just that game I could even see like a world where like if you go back for the expansions, like you get something. Like I feel like I felt like it clicked for you after you roll credits. If that makes sense, like for some reason. Yeah. No, that's actually after you, true. After, after you hit, after you roll credits and waited a full game, like a few days, it clicked. And like for me, it clicked really early. And I feel like for Cyber, it clicked really early. So like that entire 19-hour experience for me was like perfect. And for you, it was like 
it was good, but it didn't click until after, and you had nothing left to play with. It's just, man, Control's gameplay is so good. I'm just like, Control's what happened? Gameplay, I'd probably, I would say Control's gameplay is probably better, but that's just a total, they're totally different gameplay styles. Yeah, for so sure, like, for sure. It's going to be a fun discussion for that game. I, I'm very excited to see where we go with that. But, yeah, I think that's pretty much everything that we've been playing. Uh, man, I think we're ready to end this episode. <laughs> Yay! I uh, hope you all guys enjoyed this episode of the Wolf Infusion show with special guests, me, Dark, and Bench. <laughs> GTA 6! <laughs> and Mass Effect not being a real game. That's all. That's all, If you could take away two things from this episode. Mass Effect is real. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> hope you all enjoyed. It's getting into that. It's getting down to the wire, folks, about all these Game of the Year discussions. Expect a lot more of them from us. Um, so be so we're going to be doing a lot of that in December since we actually go to the end of the year, unlike the game awards. Uh, so we'll be sure to keep an yeah, eye yeah. out for that. Uh, so hope you all enjoyed make sure to like comment, subscribe on multiple platforms as all the uh, podcast platforms and YouTube. And we'll see you guys next week for another episode. And we got some more food comas on the way as well as slice of anime on this upcoming Thursday. So hope you all have a good night. Say good night, everyone. Have a good night. Bye. GTA 6.